When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sid joined us. You know, Sid has a new book, Bernie and Sid. You have to check them out in the mornings here on WABC. And Sid has a new book, Citizens United. And I tell you what, uh, you know, Sid is just amazing. We've invited Sid back for the Saturday program. One of the Saturdays we'll have him on. And we'll talk about a whole bunch of stuff. I love that guy. He's just amazing. It's a great show. It's the number one show in New York, the morning show in New York, here on WABC. I know it's uh, crazy I'm saying this, but that is um, Buster Olney. Not Buster Olney. Jesus. He's on ESPN. That's uh, Bo Snurdly, <laughs> who has now become like one of my best friends at WABC. I love that guy. As you folks know, spent many, many years working alongside Rush Limbaugh. Never spoke, but was in and around one of the all-time greatest radio hosts of all time. Some feel the greatest. I don't, but he's up there. Buster, again Buster, Bo Snurdly, and uh, Bo was, was here for quite some time, you may remember this, and he, he never came on, and he never called me, he never texted me. You know, some guy at 3.30 this morning on Facebook, some jerk off, actually wrote on my Facebook page, man, you are full of yourself. You know, people still do that, it's unbelievable. Of course I am. What is the matter with you folks? Yes, I'm a narcissist. Yes, I'm full of myself. That's what happens when you host a morning show in New York City and talk to millions of people and write books and star on television and star in movies and do commercials and magazine covers. Is everybody like that? No, my partner Bernie, he's not like that. But he doesn't do half the things that I do, even when he's healthy. So stop at the you're so full of yourself. Any decent radio host, let alone major superstar, guys like Howard Stern, Don Imus, Rush Limbaugh, they, are, they were and are also full of themselves. Every successful actor, entertainer is, quote, unquote, full of themselves. When you stop at that, you sound stupid. I know you're upset with your mediocre life. I get it. But don't take shots at other people. It's okay to be brash as long as you could back it up. Now, if I was hosting a podcast in my basement with 15 listeners every week, then yes, 
You could take every shot at the world at me. But that's not what I do. So, long story short, I go into this whole thing. I was upset that Bo never reached out to me because me, along with my partner Bernard, are the number one show in New York. We weren't back then, to be honest, but we were always, always the best product here at WABC. And if WABC was ever going to have any success... It would be because of the job that Bernie and Sid do. And, and let me tell you something, whether it's John Katsimatidis or Greg Kelly or Rudy O'Brien, they'd be the first to admit that. You get a big-time morning show. I miss WFAM. Forget about Mike and the Mad Dog, Sid and Jody, Sid and Joe Beningo, Steve Summers. Didn't mean nothing. Without I miss and the Mets, you had nothing. Same thing here. Same thing. So I'm like, well, this guy, Bo, I mean, come on. And then, um, well, I don't even know what happened. I guess he, I walked by the studio one day. He's in Florida, and he saw me on the monitor, and he uh, motioned to somebody there. Hey, that's Sid. Get Sid. And then we started to talk, and this guy is just the sweetest. He's a great talent. He's a very smart guy. Again, being around Rush Limbaugh all those years, his politics, is, is, they're right on the money, right on the money. But he's a really sweet guy. And uh, lately, he's been saying very nice things about me. And I'm so damn shallow that uh, that's how I, 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 uh, I rate people, you know. If you say something nice about you, I love you. About me, I should say. I love you. And uh, if you don't, I don't like you. Is that the childish, Lou, that I actually value people based on what they say about me? That's childish, right? That's, well, let's try to, let's try to, let's try to, let's try to, I don't so. think anything you do is childish. <laughs> It's just me. What can I tell you? It is what it is. A lot of you folks who complain and bitch listen every day because the ratings keep going up. Every day the ratings go up. We just came off the last couple of weeks, the highest ratings in the history of this morning show. The highest. So for all you guys on the Internet that yell and scream how much you hate me, I don't listen, blah, 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 the numbers don't lie. And, of course, you don't lie. You do lie because you state on the Internet, I don't listen. And then you go on and list a bunch of things that I said that angered you. Well, how would you know about that if you didn't listen? It's the same old radio story for 100 years. Same old story. Why do you look at Don't worry things? about because I'm uh, sick. Because okay. I'm right. sick. Sorry, I'm going to go back to what I was doing. Because I'm a so, child. Yes. I admit, I'm a child. And I'm sick. I can't help myself. But it, it, adds, to the, it adds to the whole thing, you know, because people like to hear that type of stuff. So... You could probably tell already at this point, I have been struggling in a big, big way, struggling with my voice, and I haven't felt well for the better part of a month. And I don't say anything because my partner, Bernie, who I love and miss every day, is going through a real life-threatening situation, evidenced by the fact he's been out now for like six consecutive weeks. So I feel like a puss coming on the air and, and complaining about my voice and how I feel when Bernie is going through what he's going through, but I have to tell you the God's honest truth, folks. For a month, a month, I felt awful. I've been losing my voice for the better part of two and a half weeks, and um, you guys have seen that. You've heard that. I've gone to book signings. I can barely speak. I had to cancel my appearance on the Chaz Palminteri popular podcast yesterday, which I didn't want to do because it's a huge show, but I couldn't talk. I mean, yesterday was really bad. So about a quarter to eight last night, after my beautiful wife, Danielle, made great chicken cutlets and vegetables. It was a great dinner. I'm sitting there, and I'm feeling really crappy. I couldn't talk at the dinner table, had no voice, nothing. And I said, all right, let's go. She said, let's go where? 
Let's go to City MD right now. I can't take it anymore. I have two TV appearances tomorrow, which is today. Brian Kilmeade, Fox News, and Brian, uh, excuse me, not Brian, uh, Katrina and Bob, Newsmax at 2.30. So Fox News and Newsmax today. And plus, most importantly, I've got my four-hour radio show in the morning. I can't do this anymore. I feel like hell. I can't sleep. Let's go. So we uh, made the uh, quick drive to City MD almost 8 o'clock last night. Uh, I do not have COVID. I knew that already. I don't have monkeypox, despite having sex with Lou twice. What? And I don't have the flu either. But I've got all kinds of other gunky stuff, you know. So these, um, I don't love these urgent care centers because they're very hesitant to give you any medicine. It's always the same thing. They, they uh, diagnose you and tell you, go home, get some rest, take some Tylenol, take some Motrin. And I've been doing that, by the way, for a month, taking Tylenol, and it just keeps getting worse. So I was so happy last night that this doctor, this uh, nice lady, she just bombarded me with medication. And Dwayne Reed, as you know, Lou, is right down the block. They stay up until 10 o'clock. So I walked out of the city MD at 8, and by 8.15, I had steroids. Not the other ones I take. This is like prednisone, you know. And <laughs> I had steroids. I had uh, an allergy pill. I had Flonase. I had um, five different medications. Five different medications. I walked out, and I was like, yes. And I started taking some of those late last night. Not all of them. I'm supposed to take six tablets of prednisone day one. I took three last night, the other three, when I woke up at 3 o'clock this morning. And for the first time in nearly a month, my voice is almost completely back. My chest is no longer tight. I can breathe. I walked out this morning. And it's a gorgeous morning. If you folks are still home, it's really cool out there. I rolled down the window with, uh, with Freddie, and I was actually cold in the back seat. Now, it's going to be warm later, sunny and close to 80 degrees. But right now, it is a beautiful, dark, chilly September morning. And uh, Freddie started talking to me in the car. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm talking. You know, like when you those uh, TV evangelists, put your hands on the TV and you will be uh, healed. I was talking. I was like, oh, my God, I've got a voice. It's back. So how's the mucus? I still have it. I'm still uh, spitting out a whole Good. bunch of uh, nasty stuff. Great. Yeah. All right. But um, Thank God, Flonase. But you have to admit, I mean, you've been here every day, that this is about the best my voice has been in, in over a month. And uh, I just started taking this medication, which I believe lasts for like 10 or 14 days. So... It looks like and sounds like, Lewis, I'm back on the road to recovery, which is a big deal because I have a lot to do, as you know. So Yeah, you do. So keep keep it up. Good. Yeah. More, more appearances, you'll be sick again. No, no more. I'm actually done. I'm uh, taping two TV shows today. Sometime next week, Jesse Waters is going to put me on. I'm going to uh, reschedule Chance Palm and Terry, but the, uh, the brunt of the work is done, which is annoying because I had to go through two weeks I'd show up at all these TV studios, and I would make myself sick because I wasn't sure if I could talk. Even Sean Spicer a couple nights ago. But don't, don't get me wrong, folks. You know, I do all these other things. I'm trying to promote my book, obviously, Citizens United. The guys here have done a great job, whether it's Brian Kilmeade, Bo Snurdly, Bill O'Reilly, Rita Cosby. They've all had me on, and um, I appreciate it. And the, the book is doing well. But and, and I know the guys here know this. The most important job in my life, and nothing even come, comes close, is this. This is it. No, yeah, I mean, uh, the acting is fun. 
I got uh, some more of that coming up in uh, in November. Now we're going to shoot the uh, hang job. The book stuff is fun, but I make no bones about it. My passion, my love, and the most important thing I do every day outside of care for Danielle, Ava, and Gabe is this show. I love this show. I've loved every radio show I've done. I mean, I, I, I love doing radio shows in a broom closet in Pompano Beach because that afforded me the opportunity to get back here to New York. I love doing radio shows at WFAN. I love doing radio shows at WQAM in Miami. Now, this is my favorite because John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez are the best bosses I've ever had. And this is New York City. And this is legendary WABC. And when Bernie's here, I got my man with me. So this is my favorite. But I love all my radio jobs. This is what I, what I enjoy the most. So even though I'm out there doing this, doing that, sit, 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 don't ever confuse the issue. My real passion, my labor of love is Bernie and Sid in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC and talking to you folks right out there. So we've got a, a big show today. Four guests are stopping by. The very funny very talented, cute Marlena Shava will be here at 6.40. Coming up at 7.05, he comes on right after me and Bernie every weekday here on the station. Brian Kilmeade will be here. Coming up at 7.40, he's on this station, too, every weekday at 3 o'clock. The esteemed mayor and dear friend of mine, Rudy Giuliani. And coming up at 8.40, former White House press secretary, author, and now TV star, Ari Fleischer will be here as well. So four big guests Lydia Reports and Beat Sid all coming your way on this gorgeous Friday here in New York City. You excited, Lou? I'm very excited. Why do you look so confused? I keep looking at you like confused. Because I'm I'm organizing the sound. I'm the sound. I'm trying to. This stuff is all over the place. And then I tried to get on the air with you, and you said, "Shut up! Shut up!" So, uh, bitch, I wanted to get out where you want. I thought to talk maybe you about. were putting together this special folder because we are putting together a folder now. For this uh, idiotic mayor, Eric Adams, every day he finds a way to butcher the English language and specifically messes up one word in a big way. Like when he tried to say soft a couple of weeks ago. Couldn't say soft. Uh, We did a soft opening. Soft, right. And then uh, yesterday or the day before, he tried to say the word pathway. That was tough on him, I guess. Pathway. What's that? Pathway. Right. So now uh, you know, there's more stuff today. Another word that I've never heard of before, but we'll save it. So uh, I was talking to um, somebody on the show, you know, like Stephanie Bongiorno and Gina, all of our brilliant social media marketing folks. They've got the Bernie and Sid word of the day. That, that really came up because Bernie uses big words and no one knows what they mean. But we should have the Eric Adams word of the day. And then uh, don't play it in any context and try to have people figure out what the F the mayor is trying to say because I can't do it. I've tried. I can't do it. Soft way, uh, pathway. Uh, what else we got now? I don't know. What, what oh, you, today's, today's, yes. Yes, that's, you didn't want to do that. Well, I just got a message from Frank uh, Morano, and it's a picture of Brian Kilmeade uh, dressed as an astronaut. And it says, Kilmeade as an android. It's cute. Uh, very cute. I think Frank and um, Brian have some type of, uh, I don't know, it's almost like a sexual relationship, but not really. But um, he's on with uh, Frank every week. It's a very good interview. And then uh, Brian now comes on with me, smart. 
Uh, Brian, uh, what's his name? Frank gets great ratings. Why do you think, and I get great ratings. Why do you think it's a sexual thing? <laughs> I don't know, because they, 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 they're, they're very cutesy together, you know. Do they, well, I like when they talk about me. I like that. I, I play it when they do that. Naked aliens? Yeah, something like that. When uh, he was on a couple of days ago, Brian, with Frank Morano, they talked about me, and, and uh, Frank's not stupid. He's like, I know I get uh, big ratings, and he does. He gets big ratings, huge. Congratulations to Frank. But it's overnights, not that it's not a big deal. It's a huge deal. But he knows, of course, that the morning show, when the morning show likes him and plays his stuff, it's even bigger. And uh, so him and, uh, and Kilmeade talked about me. And we still have that, by the way. When uh, Frank Morano asked Brian Kilmeade what it's like interviewing me, because today it'll be my second TV interview with Kilmeade in, uh, in the last 10 days. And it was a, it was a pretty entertaining exchange between uh, Morano and Kilmeade. Do we have that still? If not, we'll get it later. No big deal. Let me play Trump once or twice. He spoke yesterday with that jackass Hugh Hewitt who's on uh, Salem Radio. I think Phil Boyce runs Salem Radio, I think, right? No. That's your don't, boy. Don't, don't. Oh, that's your boy. Oh, uh, that's I, your boy. That is your boy. I know what you're trying to do. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that okay. kill me. I know. Right, come. Okay. Oh, we do have that. The Kill Meet and Frank will save that for uh, the next segment. Here, Trump is talking to uh, you, Hewitt, about being indicted and about whether or not the indictment, if it does happen, will prevent my guy Donnie from running for president again in 2024. This is Trump and Hewitt, courtesy of Salem Radio. You, you know the old saying, a uh, prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich if they want to. I'm just asking, if there is such a prosecutor and they indict you, would that deter you from running for president again? I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. And as you know, if a thing like that happened, I would have no prohibition against running. You know that. you've already. I do. And that's what I wanted people to understand. That would not take you out of the arena. It would not. But I think if it happened, I think you'd have problems in this country, the likes of which perhaps we've never seen before. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. What kind of problems, Mr. President? I think they'd have big problems. Big problems. I just don't think they'd stand for it. They will not. They will not sit still and stand for this ultimate of hoaxes. He's actually echoing what Lindsey Graham said last week when he said, if they indict President Trump, people will go nuts in the streets. He may have even used the word riot, I forget, which was kind of stupid out of Lindsey. Lindsey's had a rough couple of weeks between, between trying to regulate abortion in Congress, which he'll never be able to do. It's beyond dumb. And the comment they made about Trump last week, it's not been a banner couple of weeks for Lindsey Graham, but Lindsey did basically say what Trump said to you at yesterday, which is if they indict the president, President Trump, there'll be danger and riots in the streets. He wasn't calling for it, but he said that's what he thought would happen. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Once again, Marlena Chavo, Brian Kilmeade, Rudy Giuliani, Ari Fleischer, Lydia Serrani, Beat Sid, and your phone calls as well. Going to be an epic Friday edition of Bernie and Sid. And you can only hear it right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC.
If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, speaking of sports, uh, very few people know the world of sports better than Sid Rosenberg. You just have to ask him. And uh, I noticed you did a very, uh, very, very tough, hard-hitting interview with Sid Rosenberg talking about his new book. Now, uh, what is the greatest challenge in interviewing someone like Sid Rosenberg? Um, his charisma, getting over the charisma and just getting to the questions. I mean, he just radiates presence. Uh, I would think that his talent it oozes out, and sometimes it can overwhelm you, and they'll end up going to a monologue, and you won't interrupt him with a follow-up question. Uh, no, he he comes to play. He, the book is uh, the book is direct. It's right to the point. Um, it's self-deprecating at times. It's to the point. He, it's also he short, which I like because I don't have a lot of time to get through. Right. Yeah. I mean, you'll <laughs> read it. You'll read it in a day. But by the way, Sid's book all over the place last night. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. No, and a great response from people uh, who've read it. And I've read it, and it's, I find it very entertaining. So it's uh, it's certainly. Do you think there should have been more about you, Frank? Yeah. You know, I, I think you and I are on the same page in the book, which is page twenty-eight. Which uh, basically there's uh, the, the sum and to- the sum total of what's on there is, oh, it's great to be on such a great station with Brian Kilmeade, Dominic Carter, Frank Morano, yeah. Lydia Serrani, and Curtis Lewa. So it was great to be listed with you, Brian. It's you know, it was, that, was, that was like the editor probably said, hey, hey Sid, it's 500 pages. Let's shorten the Frank and Brian <laughs> section. I mean, he could have put another line in there. Uh, just like, and by the way, when it comes to Frank, cut to see his smiling face every day when I walk into work. Exactly, right. It, w- it wouldn't have hurt. Exactly. Funny audio. Frank Morado, the overnight king, and Brian Kilmeade. Again, Brian set to join us 7.05 this morning, and I will be joining Brian on his very popular Brian Kilmeade primetime television show on Fox News, airing 8 o'clock tomorrow. It is about four times. It's like 8 o'clock tomorrow night and 5 a.m. Sunday. So if you're out on a Saturday night all coked up and drunk, like most of you are, you can watch it uh, in the middle of the night with those, uh, when you're done with those infomercials with those guys that sells like uh, crazy glue. But that guy he was crazy. Dead, yeah, but he's hanging with his hat to the uh, inverter. <laughs> That's crazy. I still love that guy. That yeah. guy's dead now, You're but somebody himself. else does it, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I think he fell off one of the uh, tapes. I think of the so rehearsals. too. 
So, you know, I noticed with uh, you put a clip from Brian earlier, too, was that people in this city who want to defend Eric Adams, the mayor, there's no way to defend Eric Adams. What are you going to say? Well, what's going well, folks? Uh, murders are down. You can go with that. And there are some guns they've taken off the street, thousands. But crime skyrocketing and serious offenses, mind you, aggravated assaults, rapes, robberies, all up, all up. Uh, the city is as dirty as it's ever been. It is run with homeless more than it's ever been. There are people moving out in bigger and bigger numbers. And let me tell you this. You take a walk up and down, west side, east side, despite what Corey Zelnick says. Well, I love the early. And he, he knows what he's talking about, Corey. But I took a walk around the city on Tuesday on my old neighborhood on the Upper West Side. And every other store, every other store for rent. So... It just seems to me like it's a dead place. But I notice when people talk about Adams in their defense of Adams, what they do is they don't talk about Adams. These are the same people that get frustrated when Joe Biden blames all of his issues on Donald Trump, which he still does, still. You know, yesterday that uh, moron, Karine Jean-Pierre, Blaming Donald Trump for the crises at the border when, of course, we know the crisis. We know that Donald Trump did an amazing job at the border, best job of any president in quite a long time. And it all fell apart when Biden and his administration stopped building and stopped following Trump's policies. But they still blame him. And I noticed in people that try to defend Adams, they talk about Bill de Blasio. That's their M.O. Uh, de Blasio, I mean, to hear clips, de Blasio has been out of office now forever. I don't want to hear Biden talk about Trump. I don't want to hear Eric Adams supporters talk about de Blasio. I can't stand it. You know, you show me a coach that goes to an NFL team, takes over a team that was 4-13 and last year. He cannot go into his ownership meetings with the GM and the owner and go, well, what do you want from me? That fat bastard won four games last year. No, you're hired to turn it around. If you don't turn it around, you will suffer the same fate. Not that hard to figure out. Uh, we're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. That's another one. You're right. You know what he does? He, he, uh, for some reason, he doesn't include the T at the end of a lot of words, like soft and shift. He just, he just leaves out the T. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny. Well, maybe he has uh, trouble. You know. could imagine yeah. what, what happens if we find out he's really got a speech. Yeah, like impediment. And after we've played 35. Who cares? Well, it's done now. I just wanted to confirm. I mean, the, guy, the guy's yeah. been Brooklyn Borough President. He's now the mayor of New York City. If we find out today that he's got some type of impediment, that's on him. Don't blame me. That's true. I, I, I the guy can't talk. Yeah. That's very true. The yeah. guy cannot talk. It's embarrassing. It's okay. How he dresses. And stop telling me he was a cop. He was a lousy cop. I've made more citizens arrests in the last two years than he made as an actual police officer in 22 years. Nobody liked him. Bernie Carrick, the commissioner, couldn't stand him. The other cops didn't. He was a troublemaker. Had that uh, group, uh, you know, the black cops, whatever they called themselves. I don't know. 
but he's um, he's no good, and he can't talk. What were the arrests you made? I want to know. How did you do that to? Well, hey, I'm Sid Rosenberg. What's what's going on here? Well, on the this latest corner? one was a Macedonia Philly took his penis out in the street. Oh my goodness! I know. Gracious. I know. It's terrible. He's, he's been doing that so much lately, and I keep telling him to stop. He can't know. help it. He was can't help a, it. That was illegal. Can't help it. That's why he spends 45 minutes getting breakfast every morning. He's running around the block. I think he checks into the 50 across the street just to buy porn. We did a soft opening. That wasn't soft, trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that wasn't open. It was erect. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, traffic and sports. <laughs> Marlena Shabo is coming up next. She's great. Funny, cute, the whole thing. And then Brian Kilmeade. Traffic and sports are coming up next. Right now, it's time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. 77 WABC is celebrating 100 years. Coming tomorrow at 4 p.m. This is great work by one Chris Libertini. This is the critically acclaimed radio documentary series. Here we highlight Bob Grant. Dan Ingram, a couple of real greats, and the day the music died on WABC. Here's Bob Grant. Hey, you know, listeners sometimes tell me that I'm too hard on people. They call up and they say, Bob, why were you so rough on that guy? Or why didn't you let that woman get a word in edgewise? Well, you know, the truth is I'm not rough on people as long as they're not finks or hypocrites or con artists. And worst of all, I hate parasites, people who wangle their way into situations they didn't work for or don't deserve. People like you, you there. Me? You mean me, Mr. Gray? Do I mean you, Mr. Gray? Come on, get out of here. I don't need you. And stay out! You see? I'm not too tough on people unless they get me mad. And if you don't believe me, listen to me, Bob Grant, Monday through Friday, from 2 in the afternoon till 6. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Yeah, well, it is uh, that time of the morning here in the 6 o'clock hour, the bottom of the 6 o'clock hour. It's the bottom of the hour sports update. I am Justin Ellick. Here with it, sponsored by Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com. I'm drunk. I'm sorry. I'm drunk. PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers. Phil is the weirdest He's just standing. Can you go away? Go away. God. All right, let's get into this thing. Uh, Roberto Clemente Day across Major League Baseball yesterday, and uh, it was two Latinos, uh, two Metropolitan Latinos that helped propel the uh, New York Mets back into the win column. The lowly Pittsburgh Pirates were in town. Carlos Carrasco and Francisco Lindor showed out for the Orange and Blue, helping New York to a 7-1 win at home. Carrasco rang up a season-best 11 batters and six shutdown innings of work, and Lindor launched his 24th dingling of the year in the third to help the Mets pull away. The 24 for Lindor sets a Mets record for shortstops, and in the process, New York moves a full one game above the Atlanta Braves in the and at least heading into game two against the Pirates tonight. Taiwan Walker going up against Pittsburgh's Mitch Keller. Also of note, Sandy Alderson will step down as president of the New York Mets when the team finds his replacement. The 74-year-old will move to a new role as special advisor to owners Steve and Alex Cohen and the senior leadership team. Yanks were off yesterday. They'll get back in action against the Brewers in Milwaukee, 2.10 p.m. Eastern time, first pitch. Garrett Cole going up against Jason Alexander. And what a game last night in Kansas City between the Chiefs and L.A. Chargers to kick off week two of this young NFL season. The game was highlighted by two of the game's brightest young quarterbacks in Patty Mahomes and Justin Herbert, and that aspect surely did show, but it was the Chiefs' defense, specifically Jalen Watson, who stole a show early in the fourth quarter last night. Watson picked off Herbert at the goal line, turning and burning the other way for the most exciting play in football, the 99-yard pick six. Oh, my God. Tempo and picked off at the one-yard line. That is Watson out in front. Steve to protect him as well. All the way for the touchdown. Unreal. Unreal. All right. 
Thank you, Al Michaels. On the call, 27-24 is your final score from Kansas City. Jets will be six and a half point underdogs in Cleveland on Sunday against the Browns at 1 p.m. Eastern. Giants will join them at 1 p.m. Eastern. And one, and a half, uh, one and a half point favorites at home as they welcome in the Carolina Panthers. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I am Justin Alec on 77 WABC. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Singer of the Cars, Rick Osakic, Emotion in Motion, 644 on your Friday morning, back on the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in the country. We are Bernie and Sid in the morning, Talk Radio 77 WABC. One quick thing. So I spoke a couple nights ago at the Metropolitan Republican Club for my friend uh, Chris Lenzo, who's a, a great girl, great girl. And uh, an old buddy of ours, Lauren Conlon, actually showed up. And I got a text from them yesterday, that uh, they, uh, they're giving me an award. And I don't know what the hell I'm getting an award for. You're getting an award. I go, for what? They're like, well, in Republican circles, you're becoming like a hero. I said, well, that's really sad for those people, I have to say. <laughs> they're like, no, you don't get it. Like, you know, you're just, you're a Democrat, you're a regular guy, and now Republican voters, especially in this city, listen to you every day in huge numbers, and they look up to you. And uh, we want to give you an award for being that guy. And, of course, I never turned down an award ever, so I said, oh, well, that's very very flattering and very humbling. And so I'm getting an award. Are you proud of me, Marlena? Um, sure. Yeah. Sure. Are you going to get some milk, though, for your cereal? <laughs> I can't even get milk for my cereal. But I'm getting an award. That's big. That is big. Yeah. That is big. That's funny, the milk for the cereal. Marlena Chavo, of course, you know her from the Frank Morano show. You don't want me to say that, actually. Do you can you say whatever you want. How you many years say- have you been doing the uh, Frank Morano show? Oh, uh, uh, since 2013. Oh, my God, a long time. Yeah, back when he was, like, producing uh, Curtis. But he was a nobody. Now he's a major, major superstar. <laughs> and how much credit you did her for that uh, that journey for Frank Morano? What's that? The fact that he's a star now. Do you, do you take any, any, any of the credit for that? Or No. 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 Not at all. Right, okay. Did, no. Okay. I take no credit and then for, for people that haven't heard you here, this is your third uh, uh, visit. You fourth. Are, is it your fourth? It's my fourth. I'm sorry, I forgot. It's one. probably because you had no milk in your cereal. <laughs> you know, two times I've been here. Th- the last two times, last time and now, you complained about no spoons for the cereal. I now did. there's no milk for yeah. the cereal. Right, but I, but I don't do that on the air because it upsets my friend Margot Katzmatidis, and now you just let the cat out of the bag. So 
Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so okay, no, we'll, we'll I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a text in like two seconds. <laughs> Will you tell that lady, whoever she is, Frank's friend, to stop complaining about the <laughs> lack of kitchen title. supplies? That is my t- I have been reduced to Frank's friend. Yes, Frank's friend, that lady... And uh, it's really not fair to call you that because no. you're, you're an accomplished... I, I hired him at Fox as an intern. You That's right. That? Yeah. You're an accomplished writer. You've worked at Fox News, CNN, a whole bunch of big places, right? I thought you didn't like to mention CNN. I don't. I, uh, I can't stand CNN, actually. <laughs> I was, like, trying so hard not to say anything yeah. about CNN because uh, you ripped me last time I did. Uh, I was actually on CNN a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I know you know this story. What is her name? The uh, very pretty Latino lady. Afternoons. Anna... Cabrera, maybe? Mm. Anyway, she brought me on because LeBron James was on the Cleveland Cavaliers. And when the Cavaliers come to play the Knicks in New York, they stay at Trump's hotel. But LeBron James and J.R. Smith, at the time, refused to stay at Trump's hotel. And it became a big story for CNN. No one else cared, but that, that was a big story. That was. You love Trump. Um, uh, you you dedicated an entire chapter to Trump I in did. your book. Yes, the Donald, as I called it. I know. And I and I didn't vote for him in 2016. I thought he had the worst campaign. I bet he's going to build a wall. He's going to wear a hat. A low energy uh, Marlena, the small hand Sid, <laughs> and and we come off Obama, who was a complete disaster. Elegant guy, I get all that. And I'm like, wait, this guy Trump is going to he he really treated that whole campaign like he was still on TV, like The Apprentice. Yeah, well, he treated his entire presidency that way, also. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He. Um, oh, here comes the hate mail right well, now. No. Why do you bring that well, lady no, no, on? No, 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 no. See, but see, this is the thing, Sid. Okay, you can make comparisons between um, the, the former administrations and now the current administration, and easily you, Trump would come out soaring. I understand his administration. Okay. But Trump himself is his own worst enemy. Well, I agree with that. And so, and so he did. He acted like a celebrity as a president. He did, and I understand that you don't. This country is used to people acting presidential. When you are in the seat of the president. And he didn't do that. And on top of it, he was was still on social media doing these things. But people weren't ready for that. And Well, get ready. Well, I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying. So, you know, so so they weren't ready for I know. I know you're actually pointing out some very valid points. I get that. But um, whether you're ready for it, whether it incited all this anger. Oh, he did. He did did none of that. These people are sick bastards. They got themselves angry. At the end of the day, there was that. I'm not talking about January 6th. I'm talking about throughout his presidency. I don't care. There was no inflation. There were no issues worldwide. There were no wars in, in uh, the Ukraine. China wasn't about to invade Taiwan. Uh, race relations actually got better than they are right now. I don't care that people got angry because, A, they didn't like his tweets, which were stupid at times. They didn't like what he had to but say. But these are the voters. And if you want well, they're to, idiots. But, but I understand that. And we can talk all day about what went wrong. However, if you want him back in office, or he, he wants himself back in office, yeah. um, he, he kind of was his worst PR in that way. True. And so if you want to appeal to, you know, if you want to, quote, advertise to your yeah. you know, audience, yeah. 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 he should have done a better job because now... Wait a second. Right now he has to do nothing. All you have to do is look at the failures of this administration and his tweets and the way he talked about Ted Cruz's wife. All of a sudden, all those things that made people so angry, they mean nothing. When you can't pay for gas and a a loaf of bread. The American people have a very short memory, okay? And all they see... No, right now, right now, you can't pay for gas and or a loaf of bread. Right now. Right now. 
I understand that. Right. But we're talking. What's more this, important, that or the way he talked about the Ted election Cruz's is two wife? Years out. I thought we were going to talk about your book. Well, you, but you brought up, <laughs> no, but you brought up a point about Donald, and and I'm glad you did because you see how defensive I get. I used to get so mad, Marlena, at Bernard, because. You know, like uh, Trump would say something uh, uh, stupid about John McCain, and Bernie would find a way to defend him sometimes. I'd be like, will you stop, and now I become the same exact guy. I understand that you're defending him, but the point is is that you and I are in a different boat when it comes to all of this stuff. We are... We the knowledge runs deeper now for the average person. All they do is watch TV and they form their opinions. Right. So if you're going to run your campaign in in the public eye for people like that who don't dig a little bit deeper, you need to play to that audience if you want to win. And so you say in your book at the very end, what do you got to lose for like if you want to vote for, you know, vote for Trump? What do you have to lose? Right? Right. Right. And the answer is. The election. If you want the Republicans back in office, I think Trump needs to kind of step aside and let somebody else come in. Because what? even though no, 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 you cannot say that. That's but are you are you a part of this? Ron DeSantis, let somebody else do it. Use Trump's policies, but let somebody else do it. And there's a lot of you folks out there. Now listen, what's her name? Laura Ingram on Fox News is one of those folks. Yeah, because because of the way that the, the the country divided while he was president. No, no, no wait a second. Uh, not while he was president. Let me remind you that BLM, Ferguson, Missouri, all that racial divide happened when one African-American guy was in the office. His name was Barack Obama. So maybe the country got more divided politically. But the truth is race relations, the, the, the crime in the streets, all that happened under Mr. Obama before Donald Trump. If we're going to be honest about this. OK, but at, during the, the, the last part of his um uh, presidency yeah yeah and covid and everything else yeah um that you know the democrats were on a smear campaign for donald trump right for six and, years now i yes. mean yeah but they but they Witch really hunt. started paying attention when they were all locked in their houses watching tv and so i'm all i'm saying is that god you hate donald trump i don't i'm saying you son of a god i'm I didn't saying know this no about you. i want biden out and right. i want the i want the republicans to win but not but trump. i feel like trump he can come back but I just don't know if he's going to be able to gain what he needs to. Will you vote for any Republican that wins a primary? Absolutely. Okay. So if Donald Trump beat Ron DeSantis, if Ron runs, you will still vote for Trump even though you've spent the last six minutes basically maligning my good friend Donald Trump. I'm not maligning him. I'm telling. Oh, you're not I'm, exactly I'm, pumping him up. I'm just saying. What that do you call this? I'm calling the. I'm calling it as I see it. And if you want him back, or if yeah. he wants himself back, right. Um, his strategy, I think, needs to change. Well, maybe because you should get on the phone the pu- with him. The, the public opinion. Why, why don't you call him, then? Well, he's your buddy. Why don't you text him? Oh, text him and say, Molina Shavo thinks that if Stop you want to win... Shavo. How do you say this? Shavo. Why do you spell it like that? Why do I spell... I didn't spell anything. What is, your, what is your maiden name? That is my maiden name. I never changed my name. Oh, really? Yeah. More disrespect for your husband. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's, can we just, like, move on? <laughs> Well, let's just move on. All right, so you read the, the chapter about Donald Trump. I like that. I wrote an entire review about uh, your book. I did, and, you, and I have to say, and I mean this sincerely, a lot of people have talked about the book over the last couple of weeks. I've been on television shows. Your book review was so far and away the funniest, most informative. You got it. You really got it. And I've read that book review about 10 times already. Oh, good. Well, um, 
Except for the part about Donald Trump. <laughs> well, listen, um, I, um, you know, I, I like the, this pun, you know, the Citizens United thing. I didn't agree thing. that, but thank you. All right. Well, okay. So if you're going to write another book and you want to add puns to it, yeah. you, you need to call me. Okay. okay? Because yeah. I feel like you, you kind of missed out on a few puns. Okay, fine. Okay. Well, you talked about being a narcissist at the beginning of the show. I did. Why, um, you know, one of your um, chapters should have been called Sid Sets. Success instead of success. I like that. Uh, yeah, of course yeah. you do. Of, uh, of course you would. Right. All right. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, how many for jobs? How many jobs can you? You want Donald Trump to call you? I do. And how to run for president? <laughs> no, you want Donald Trump to call me? No, you. Do. And you want me to call you <laughs> on, on how to write my next book? I mean, how many jobs can you possibly have? How long did it take you to do this book? By the way, it's none of your business. <laughs> It took about uh, nine months for me and Johnny Russo to write the book, yes. <laughs> okay. So you were pregnant with this book for nine months. Yes, Got it. Okay. Yes. Anything else you want to rip in? Oh, you actually no, liked it. No, I mean, I did. Okay, so this is the, this is what drives me crazy about this book, and ma- mainly you, okay. is that, you know, Sid, I even said this in the review, that like when I met you, I did not want to like you at all. I wanted right. you to be my like arch nemesis. Right. I just assumed you would be. Right. And now that's true. She did say that. I did. I did. Um, But now it's like I can't believe I I have so many things in common with you, and it drives me a little bit crazy because I really don't. Right. It does make me angry. You're supposed to be the anti Sid, and you're basically Sid with a vagina. (laughs) I am the female version of you. Like then I'm like, if I was a guy, would I be Sid? Would I be like? Yeah, you'd be Sid. This charcoal like bouncer like guy. Well, you often say that uh, you want your closet to look like the Sid Rosenberg closet for women. You've said that to me before. I did say that. That is. That's true. I forgot about that part. Uh, Oh, God, I was, just, I was like more obsessing worse. over the fact that you love reality TV, and that was, that's me. I oh, mean, you, I don't watch it as much as I used to. Cause but I don't do have you to watch it? I mean, do you watch the Bravo channel, the Housewives, all that stuff? I do, um, and, you know, I. but you like New Jersey, and I refuse to watch New Jersey. I'm all New York, which is funny, and this is the same New thing York that I said canceled. to you about... But they got canceled, sweetheart, because Ebony Williams, who worked with me here at WABC, couldn't stop telling people every Tuesday night that she was black. We got it. We could look at you, Ebony. You're a nice thing. You're black. We get it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I understand that you don't like to politicize politis- the, po- the politics right. in the reality TV. To say. Yeah, you like Eric Adams. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? My next book review yeah. <laughs> might not be as friendly. No, it's a hard word to say. It's fine. I don't like the politicization of these shows. Yes. Even my own radio show, I don't like it, to be honest. But but it is what it is. So There's some words you get tripped up on, too. Give me one word I got tripped up on. What? You were trying, no, you were trying to say, you were like a while ago, you yeah. were trying to say something, you were trying to say minors. Minors. Yeah, you were going minor, but you kept going, the minorities. <laughs> I mean, the minors. That's my Brooklyn the minor- accent. The minors. No, that's my Brooklyn accent. No, but accent. you kept saying minority when you really meant minors. You were oh, talking really? about sex ed, oh. and you're like in the trying to corrupt these minorities. I mean, excuse me, minors. I, no, 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 you are listening to a different show, sweetheart. That, that was, was you. not me. That was Frank for sure, not me. <laughs> I was listening to you. Well, how come you didn't text me and say, what are you trying to say, this stupid? This was before our oh, before whatever this is. Oh, what is this exactly? <laughs> <laughs> whatever this is. I don't, I think this, I, you know, I thought it was a love hate thing. Now I think uh, it's just a hate hate yeah, thing. Yeah, I think so at this point. But this was your best appearance yet. Uh, your what best. are you talking about? I like, I like when Why you... are you rating my appearances? Oh my God, it's you're driving such a, me you're crazy. You're such a girl. Thank you. Yeah, because like, if I rate it, why you rate this, why you rate that. 
Why? Why are you guys like that? Well, what's what's? Just take it as a compliment. That's all. Just don't 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 look into it. Don't read into it. I'm not being. I'm not trying to patronize you. Just say, hey, Sid said I was really good today. Maybe I really was. Hey, listen. This is the same guy who opened up his show for 10 minutes talking about how a guy said that you were full of yourself. Right. And you couldn't let it go. Can't let it go. And so you couldn't take it and just <laughs> wa- let it roll off. But you want me to roll off the fact that you rate me every time I sit next to you. Rate yeah. with a T. Every time I'm with you. Oh, well, listen, you did a lousy job and uh, you're never coming back. Thank you for uh, coming on this one. <laughs> no, you were great. Were? What you, I, not in the past tense. No, we're, we're done now. That's it. You have to go. All right, good. What, do you, what are you doing the rest of your day? you got two beautiful children. What else are you going to do today? I have some editing to do. and um, yeah, Read the book again. Read the, the uh, Trump chapter again. Uh, no, I'm not, actually. <laughs> and um, I'm actually going to take down my review of the book. <laughs> and I'm going to revise it. Um, you're funny. Post-mortem. You are funny. You are funny. Thank you for coming in today. Oh, It's yeah. always fun. Seriously, you're a lot of fun. Come you, by, come you, by more often. Say hello. Just stop in. Say hello. The whole thing, you know. Oh, uh, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Okay, great. I'll keep Thanks. you posted. That's um, <laughs> that's Marlena. How do you say your last name again? Oh my God, Shivo. Yeah, that was she said. <laughs> Brian Kilmeade is coming up next. Rudy Giuliani's coming up. Ari Fleischer, Lydia Serrani. We're gonna play Beat Sid. Take some of your phone calls. We'll do it all, folks. News, sports, laughs, yucks, as the Iron Man would say. All of that right here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. I'm Sid. That was our number one. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. On the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, after us, every weekday morning, we've got a guy who's a tremendous talent. Whether he's sitting alongside Steve and Ainsley, morning on Fox and Friends, hosting his own show Saturday nights from 8 to 9 on Fox News, or, of course, doing the 10 a.m. show here, he is the very talented and what a super nice guy, Brian Kilmeade, making his way back to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Good Friday morning, Brian. How are you, buddy? Uh, good. I'm looking forward to our sequel. Your book came out last week. It's excellent. Tells a great story of a broadcaster and personal success. Loved it. And I thought I knew a lot about you. Know a lot more. So congratulations on getting the book out. And then we have did our interview last week. And now it's time for primetime Saturday night. Keep in mind, Sid, it's repeat. the show repeats at 11. And I think at 3 in the morning, I think again at 5 in the morning. So you're going to get a lot of play this wow. weekend. Yet you're probably just going to be, I don't know, just hanging out. 
and yet you're going to be selling a lot of books. Oh, uh, that's going to be great. I sold a ton of books after you and I sat down together last Tuesday on Fox and Friends. I'm going to watch all four of those, Brian, just so you know, 8 o'clock, <laughs> 11 o'clock. I'm getting ready for the Giants Carolina on Sunday anyway. Nothing to do. I'll just watch all four installments of the great Brian Kilmeade primetime show on Fox well, News coming up on Saturday. By the way, on a serious note, thank you for both of these appearances. They mean an awful lot to me. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, I love it. I mean, not only do you know sports, but you also know what's happening in New York, and that's a national story. And the other thing, just a quick note to show you, I did read the book. I know why you're a Giant fan. Oh, you do? Because the Jets screwed you. <laughs> that's right. As actually, a child. I actually had they Joe... promised you and let you down. Yes, they did. I had Joe Namath on the show three days ago, Brian. And every time he comes on, I mention the Charlie Winner New York Jets story. He always gets a kick out of it. He feels badly about it, actually. But that is true. I was a diehard New York Jet fan. Loved Joe Namath, Emerson Boozer, Don Maynard, the whole crew. The Jet organization screwed little Sidney Ferris Rosenberg at the age of eight. Since then, for the last 47 years, I've been a diehard New York football giant fan. So Giants and Panthers coming up on Sunday. The Giants, that was an unbelievable win, Brian, in Tennessee. How about that gutty call by Giant head coach Brian Dable in his first game? I loved it, but I just wonder, Sid, what your show would have been like on Monday had they not made it. Right. And it they lost yeah. 29 Right. It would have been, right. instead of what a heroic gutty call, that fat, stupid bastard blew the game. <laughs> <laughs> would you have? Of course. That's what I do. Yeah. I, yeah. No, no, I would. I, I felt, I said to myself, really? You're going to risk it on your very first day? And the thing is, it's, it's not like you, you could have won in overtime. It's not like you, your offense was moving the ball. So it's not like you were getting lucky. that They really outplayed uh, Tennessee in the second half. And know what that shows me, too? These guys can coach. Because they made adjustments. Not only did they tell the team it's not going to be, it's going to be a different year, it's a different coach, but I, I got, I'm going to make some adjustments. We're going to get this thing online. And what about the fact that they didn't, you know, he yelled at Daniel Jones on the interception. A lot of people don't want to talk to quarterbacks during the game. They want to say anything negative until film day. But he yelled at him during the game. How do you feel about that? I loved it. I thought it was great. Bill Parcells, if you, you know the Giants very well. If you watch those teams in 85, 86, 87, it would be always, hey, Sims, hey, Sims. You never said that first name. Hey, Sims, get over here. And he would yell at Phil when Phil would make a bad play. And Phil says to this day, that was the really the motivation behind going out the next series of downs and playing better football. So Parcells did it. Brian Dable did it on Sunday. And if Brian Dable has half the success of Bill Parcells, the Giants will win at least one Super Bowl. It would be great. And I love when uh, Dable said, listen, everyone acts like I'm an overnight success because I had some success in Buffalo. He's I've 25 years. I've been waiting 25 years for this opportunity. I guess he's been to the Super Bowl quite a few times, too. No one even knew I existed. But with Buffalo, all of a sudden they say I'm an overnight success. But that's fine. I mean, to be an NFL coach, uh, not many people even get a look, let alone a chance. And that's what he's got. So I I seems to be a good guy. I do worry about his weight a little. Yes. I mean, these guys who are going to work 100 hours a week and and also be an example. Can you get on a treadmill? (laughs) I worry about him. A little NJ diet? Give it a shot. Uh, Giants right. and Panthers coming up on Sunday. Jets were pathetic. They uh, they lost to Baltimore. They'll take on Cleveland. And, of course, the Mets and Yankees are both still in first place. But let's get to the cover of today's New York Post. You talked about New York City and how I'm a New York City guy, and I am. And uh, my good friend Lee Zeldin, who I travel with all the time, all of his events, I'm usually there. 
And uh, turns out all he wants to do, all he wants to do, Brian Kilmeade, is debate the lady in charge right now, Kathy Hochul, and she will not commit to one debate. I get it. She's winning. When you're winning, you've got nothing to gain by these debates. But at the end of the day, that lead is shrinking in a big, big way. And that says to me, she has to debate Lee Zeldin. What is she waiting for? Interesting. Uh, You know, the Washington Post was the one who got Fetterman to commit to some ridiculous rules on his debate. Uh, What about the Daily News and the New York Times doing the same thing with Hochul? Even though they they want Hochul to win, they'll endorse her and they'll try to diminish Lee Zeldin and make him out to be something that would be not not palatable to New Yorkers and a Trump wannabe or whatever, because they are tight. So uh, I, I hope she does it, but I also don't want her to wait. I mean, waiting until October 25th in this era of early voting is almost like not debating at all. And what, what he has got to do, as I saw one great ad that Lee Zeldin cut last night, and for the first time about crime, and, and legitimate ring doorbell surveillance video crime of the sucker punches and the burglaries, the robberies, and what we're witnessing, the disrespect to cops, I also uh, I also would like to see these Democrats that are endorsing Lee Zeldin on an ad. Listen, uh, it does sound easy for me to say this, but Democrats have had a chance to run this. Uh, they've run it to the ground. I don't think you should run from uh, Cuomo's scandal. I think that Lee Zeldin should bring it up. That's what he did. He he signed her up. She he knows he's she's not a legitimate threat to him. She doesn't even know her. They had no relationship. And then she's the accidental governor. She's not worthy of it. Only thing she has done successfully is raise money. And what about this, Sid? What about the fact that she's raising money hours after the Buffalo massacre? She's buzzing around, raising millions of dollars, something like a, a ridiculous amount of money within 18 hours of coming and grieving with the people in Buffalo after their uh, the, the, the terrible series of shootings up there. No, that was, uh, I did see that. That was hard to believe. Brian Kilmeade here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. So the, the feel-good story yesterday was that the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, sent a bunch of migrants over to Martha's <laughs> Vineyard. Good. This was great. This, uh, and the same day, by the way, Brian, that a bunch of migrants arrived outside the house of Vice President Kamala Harris. Some thought it was funny. I did. Others said, well, it's funny, but a little dangerous, like my friend Bill O'Reilly. Eric Adams is always upset about migrants being shipped anywhere around the country, but while he's quick to point out these governors, he is yet to bash the president, who of course, this is his policy. What do you think of Eric Adams' most recent comments yesterday about the buses on their way to Martha's Vineyard? A little bit measured compared to what he was a few weeks ago, and maybe that his delegation he sent down to the border came back and said, Mr. Mayor, it's a mess. We're talking about 8,000 a day. We're complaining about a few hundred at Port Authority, and maybe he's watching and says, hey, lightweight, uh, lightfoot, uh, you take the pressure for a while. Hey, Martha's Vineyard, you absorb this, because I think he got a lot of blowback, because the problem is he is a sanctuary city. Come one, come all. And then he looks around and goes, I have no room for anyone. Yesterday, we showed him walking around a new migrant center, which should be illegal alien alley. And he's got brand new shirts. They got sneakers. Oh, they're going to get iPhones. Did you see this? I did. And, and, I and, say, and, and when he calls them asylum seekers, I really want oh, to punch him in the face. Sick <laughs> well, yeah, but we don't. Pro, we don't. Uh, we don't want to do that. Well, uh, we don't want to. I, I uh, do. Actually, we're no, not no, pro violence. No, no but I, you, am, I am. You do I am, have I, great I, hands. I'm pro violence. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I will. I, I like to bring this up. CNN. I flipped around to see if they would finally cover the broken border. And they're doing it their second or their first, second or third story 
for me and you, Sid, it's all about the Queen. She passed away at just 96 years old. It's a tragedy. Horrible. And I just think three weeks is just not enough to I mourn. I, listen. But after that, th- yeah. this is the story. This is. So Sunday morning at 8.57 on the 21-year commemoration when the first plane hit the World Trade Center tower, CNN and MSNBC were still showing Queen Elizabeth's hearse on the way to Ireland or where the hell she was going, London. Uh, hard to believe that on that day, 9-11, they stuck with the Queen's story. God rest her soul goes to show you America first. Not even close, but a guy that was America first, Donald Trump, he spoke yesterday to our colleague Hewitt, I guess, and uh, Trump was saying things like, listen, if they indict me, it'll tear the country apart, but but it will still not stop me from running. I've asked everybody this this week, Brian Kilmeade, do you think, whether it's Mar-a-Lago, more likely January 6th, Donald Trump will be indicted, and will it matter in his run in 2024? Uh, I can't even keep up with the amount of legal cases. I mean, the Senate is now looking, if he, if he weaponized the Department of Justice to go after John Kerry. We got this special master, a win in the courts yesterday, temporary. Stop looking at this stuff. We have a special master we agreed on. Let him do it. I'm not thrilled with this guy's resume. He was the one that okayed the Carter Page, FISA, which was a joke. And many people say it's not his fault because you really depend on the FBI to be honest, and they weren't. Having said that, they agree on a special master. But this thing goes on hold, really, till after the election, which is good. But Sid... I mean, then there was a deal offered. He offered a deal to Letitia James. She's like, no, I'm not going to take the offer from the Trump organization. I'm going to sue you. So, I mean, there's so many investigations. The, the one that's going on in, in Georgia about whatever they uh, claim he did. So it's, it's hard to imagine uh, this, all these legal cases while running for president. But Chuck Schumer was overheard in a D.C. restaurant. It's talking about the chances of holding the House 40 percent, the chances of holding the Senate. He was meeting with other uh, Democratic higher-ups, and maybe some waiter did something you would do, Sid, in an effort to further your career. Maybe yeah. you would work in maybe <laughs> part-time as a, wait, as a personal trainer and part-time as a radio guy. Then you're a waiter at night, right. and I could see you saying myself in, in your outfit, in your waiter outfit, pretending as if you're waiting tables on Chuck Schumer and then relaying the story to Punchbowl, and it becomes national – I could totally see you doing that, On oh, a heartbeat. And then – yeah, and exactly, and, and you're going to get the big thing, and you'll have the story, and you'll be on the cover, uh, and you'll do a pose for the Washington Post. You won't just take a candid shot of you, and you'll pose. You'll demand of a pose. Absolutely. You'll be on a stool leaning forward in a suit that shows your biceps and deltoids. But but in a story says, you know, they, they are in somewhat in trouble, and they expect Donald Trump to run again, which would be – you know, be epic. I can't picture him not running. Do you? Do no, you no, see he, him running? he's running. No, he's running, and he's going to win. 30 seconds to go. I love Lindsey Graham, but why does he think in a million years Congress is going to pass this nonsense about regulating abortions, and why in a million years would Lindsey Graham even go there, Brian? Well, you know what he was thinking. Demo- uh, Republicans have no idea how to handle the abortion question. And they're blowing it. So he said, let me just take the lead like he always does in foreign policy. I'll just tell you right now what we should do. Let's call a press conference. The timing was bad, but he did not know inflation numbers would be so horrific and that Joe Biden would embarrass himself uh, with James Taylor. So that should have been the story. But every Democrat was going, oh, my goodness, we're so embarrassed. Let's run with the Lindsey Graham. I have an idea about 15 weeks abortion story. So I know what he was thinking. It hasn't worked. It has not worked. The the other Republicans don't need the cover. Their answer's got to be this, very simply. 
every time abortion comes up, it's like it's going to be returned to the states. That's up. If you're running for Senate, uh, that's up. Uh, that's up to the legislature. If you're running for governor, Mastriano has made his decision. Others, you think about do what Marco Rubio said. Marco Rubio says I'm pro-life, but Florida isn't. I know Florida right now is at 15 weeks. That's what I'm. That's what I'm going to deal with. And if you were in Virginia, it's the same thing. If you're in Oklahoma, that's not the same thing. So, so I know what Lindsey Graham was trying to do. He was trying to show the courage to take the lead. But in the end, it didn't work. It was a disaster. Does he to feel be better about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, not uh, really. Listen, I, uh, Brian, I can't wait to uh, to see you later on. Uh, I'll do this interview once again. Brian Kilmeade, primetime, 8 to 10, 8 to 9, excuse me, every Saturday night on Fox News. Runs it four times overnight. What about the kickoff of the Giant Panther game on Sunday? <laughs> Make sure you check us out. Brian is so good, whether it's here on WABC Radio, Fox & Friends, or his own show on Fox News. Very few guys that work harder and more talented than my good buddy, Brian Kilmeade. As always, Brian, thank you so much. You're the best. All right, and uh, pick up Sid's book. It's going to be a movie. Uh, see, it basically <laughs> reads like a script. You want to play yourself? Sid. You want to play yourself in the movie? I would. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, but I like to audition with everybody else, all the other great <laughs> actors. But bring me in there with Bradley Cooper, and I just want an even shot to play myself in your life story. <laughs> you got it, pal. <laughs> Go get him, Bye. buddy. Thank you. Okay. There he is, everybody. Brian Kilmeade, and he comes your way right after me and Bernie coming up at 10 o'clock this morning right here on Talk Radio WABC. And, of course, every weekday morning and Saturday night on Fox News. He's great. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. More of me, Sid Rosenberg, and the Bernie and Sid Show right after these short messages. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, a lot of people, and you know some of them, live in an echo chamber. That is, they will only listen to people who tell them what they want to hear. The word for this, word of the day, is obsequious. If you tell someone at work or anywhere else what you think they want to hear, you are being obsequious. And that's not a good thing. You don't want to be a butt kisser. But the people who demand that, who have to have everybody agreeing with them, or they get angry, or they won't listen to you, they are a big problem in this country. Because we need robust debate. We need to seek information from all quarters. I mean, I like talking to people that disagree with me. I want to hear what their argument is. And you know that I'll shred that argument if it's not logical or fact-based. And those people talking to me know that too, so some of them don't want that. They want to live in the echo chamber. They don't want to have to explain themselves, especially when some of their beliefs are insane. But living in an echo chamber, and this is important for children to know, will not advance your intellectual capability. And that's important in America. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. 
Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Finally, as you know, Lou, there is royalty here at WABC. In the name of Sid Rosenberg, our morning host, who I appeared with earlier today at 7, it was quite the engagement. I failed to mention, though, to Sid, as he promotes his Citizens United, a book that I would say, don't buy it, steal it, or at least uh, rip out page 27 where you can see how I and I alone saved his radio career. But apparently, if Sid is intending to go on CNN, which used to be the Clinton National Network and the Cuomo National Network, they have a very documented uh, questionnaire. They ask a number of questions about political ideology. Do you believe in laissez-faire, libertarianism, liberalism, Leninism, social conservatism, populism, progressivism, Maoism, Marxism, and even Nazism? And they ask you if you are straight, bi, or non-binary. I suggest that King Sid Rosenberg have to fill out this CNN document. Curtis Sliwa, noon to one every day and all weekend long. So I promised you earlier this morning that we were going to add to our Eric Adams dictionary. How many words now, Louis Lou Rufino, the great Lou Rufino, how many words and uh, Macedonia, Phil, how many words do we have now in the Eric Adams dictionary? Three, right? We might have four now. Uh, well, no, before this one today, before this one. One. I think we had three. Three, right? Two. I got three. Let's review like. well, for the fans out there some of the words that Eric Adams, for some reason, has difficulty saying. Soft, for example. How does that go, Eric? Soft. Uh, we did a soft opening. Right. Close. Just missing one letter. Uh, then uh, what was the second word here, Lewis? I, this one goes back a ways. This one is, I, I still have the pivot and shift. Oh, pivot and shift. Right. A T at the end of shift. Sure. How does this go? Oh, we're going to have to continue to pivot and shift. Shiffer. Right. Oh, close. Shiffer. Isn't that what, what Jewish people Right. Do? When somebody dies, right. We, we, we pivot and sit shiver. And then, <laughs> yeah, this guy said. And then number three was, uh, this is a very difficult word, pathway. Pathway, folks. 
Pathway. What's that? Pathway. Right. So now we're going to add one more word to the linguist mayor that we've got out here today. This uh, genius, this Eric Adams, he's yelling and screaming about all the immigration issues, and he's knocking the Texas governor, Greg Abbott. He's knocking the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, and sending buses to Martha's Vineyard. And again, folks, let me remind you, they get thousands and thousands of these migrants a day in Texas, and we get like 50. And Eric Adams yells and screams, as John Horn once said about Mike, uh, about, um, uh, what's his name, Evander Holyfield, when Mike Tyson bit his ear, his quote was, he jumped around like a little bitch. Remember that? It's brilliant. Yeah, I do remember. That. <laughs> That's Eric Adams when it comes to this migrant stuff. So uh, we've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like He's a, a John bitch. Horn. Like a bitch. <laughs> so now we've got word number four to add to our Eric Adams dictionary, along with soft, pathway, and shift. Here, Eric Adams is talking about basically how he's going to handle the immigration crisis. Lewis, Eric Adams, cut number 24. This is a crisis. And during crises, there are two types of New Yorkers. There are those who play I got you and stay on the outside and complain. And then there are those who roll up their sleeves and just get stuff done. That's who we are. And anyone who states that this administration does not have a handle oh, on sorry, crisis, right there. Hold on right there. Must been, Hold on. No, stop it right there. Anyone who claims... That this administration does not have a hand do on this situation. Once again, I'm at a loss. Justin Ellick, Macedonia Phil, Lou Rufino. What exactly does the word hand do mean? Uh, I think, well, in, see, without context, what I would think it means, hand yeah. do, right? Yeah, hand do. Right? You go to, uh, you know, you go to the bad. This is going to be very, a little. I know we've got a couple of massage parlors. I know this is going to be a little gross. Don't, don't even go. Oh, you don't want me to go there. I know exactly where you're yeah. going. You get a little poo-poo on your Play hand. Play it one more time. I, I think this moron <laughs> was trying to say handle, of course. Uh, play this one more time, the mayor, Eric Adams. He's, he's got it's it all crisis. Crisis. And during crises, there are two types of New Yorkers. They're those who play I got you right. and stay on the outside and complain. Hate those people. And then they're those who roll up their sleeves. Oh, that's you. And just get stuff done. Yeah. That's who we are. Really? <laughs> and anyone who states that this administration does not have a handle there on it is. this crisis. So make sure you write that down. We've got soft. No, thank you, Eric. Thank you. We've got soft, shift, pathway, and handle. Handle. Yeah, that's your uh, mayor, Eric Adams. <laughs> oh, even he, even he can't help but laugh, Eric. He can't. Eric passed away. Is that still your favorite one? Path- it sounds like Mike Tyson talking about someone dying. I know. Nah. I hit him so bit. hard he passed away. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at, is that is that your first impression? That was funny. That yes. was good. Thank you. That's very, very good, Phil. So that's your favorite now. Uh, you like uh, Pathway more than Handu. I think Pathway is. No, is, no Handu's the best. Pathway. Pathway. <laughs> They're both fantastic. Folks, traffic and sports. We've got, we got a couple more great guests stopping by. The esteemed Rudy Giuliani will be here in about 10 minutes. We're also going to talk to Ari Fleischer. That is an amazing guest. Former press secretary for Bush 43. Now an author. He's on TV all the time. He's really bright. Ari Fleischer. We'll play Beat Sid. We'll talk to Lydia. Uh, but then again, like I just said, traffic and sports are coming up next. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the 
must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning. I walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. We're going hopping. We're going hopping today. When things are popping. Ah, the great Barry Manilow bandstand. 744, back here on the number one Nielsen weighted news talk show in New York City and the self proclaimed best talk show in America. We are. Bernie and Sid in the morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Rudy supposed to come on now. Rudy's always late to this show, though, because I don't think he gets up this early. Even when uh, his son is on Andrew, and I'm like, hey, uh, Drew, call your father. And he calls him at like 7, and we hear back from Rudy at like 9. Uh, Rudy, of course, is on 3 o'clock every weekday afternoon, and he's great, and he's the greatest mayor of all time, one of the great statesmen of all time, and he gets absolutely murdered in the press. Just like Trump. It's the same thing. Trump uh, is one. Rudy Giuliani is two. So I did want to uh, talk to Rudy about this book that's come out. So hopefully he, uh, he does join us. I know Macedonia just tried him again. But um, until we get to Rudy, I asked Bill O'Reilly this yesterday. I thought it was a fair question. You know, the word lie we use all the time. And uh, Bill always points out that be careful with the word lie because sometimes folks are just ignorant. Sometimes folks just don't know. When you're lying, there's intent. Bill explains that very well, lots of the time. When you're lying, that's intent. And I asked Bill yesterday, I said, is it okay to say that the top two members of this current administration, as my partner Bernie would say, the imbecile in the White House, Joe Biden, and his uh, second-in-command, the Mensa that is Kamala Harris, is it fair to say that both, to quote uh, one of my favorite New York Giant players, both lied to us this week? And again, Bill is not quick to use that word. He said yes. I think it is fair to say. What did they lie about? Well, Joe lied a couple days ago when he told you that this Inflation Reduction Act would, A, lower inflation. But even people like Bernie Sanders, I was going to say in his own party, but Bernie's not really. But they're both Democrats. That's all they've got in common. Uh, Even Bernie Sanders says, no, it ain't going to happen. And it's not. Any decent economist will tell you it's actually the complete opposite. Things will get worse financially with this stupid act. It is a stupid bill. And this uh, idiot walking around with his sunglasses on, his aviator sunglasses, 
stumbling and mumbling all over himself in the White House, outside the White House, was an embarrassment. He's done it a million times. That may have been his most embarrassing moment. The same day he was trying to sell America a bill of goods, which isn't true, that he's helping you. The Dow Jones plummeted 1,200 points. The real indicator of where this economy is going, not Biden's lies, and he still tried to, to, to sell you this bill of goods. He lied to you. Joe Biden, once again, not the first time. He's not that nice little grandpa who's now suffering from dementia. Don't blame old grandpa Joe. He's a nice guy. He's a prick. That's a lot of malarkey. No, it ain't. It's the truth. Did nothing for 40 years in Congress. And now is finding new ways almost every day to destroy this country. Taxes on small and small companies. What he said. The economy is uh, improving, right, Joe? I mean, what do you, what do you have for that, Joe? Taxes on small and small companies. Right, so now he's, he's explained it to you. So what does he do, this guy? He, something goes wrong, he blames Donald Trump. The, uh, the other one, Kamala Harris, she lied, of course, when she told you the border was secure. That is a, that's the biggest whopper of all. I mean, that's, that is a really big <laughs> Harris herself laughs at that one. I mean, my God, that's so ridiculous. Nothing could be further from the truth. That is a complete and outright lie. I mean, just outright lie. She knows better. Well, maybe she doesn't. Because don't forget, she is the border czar who's never really been to the border. I think she went to, like, Dallas once. It's close. I was in Texas. So, but she knows better. She knows it's a mess. All she had to do that same morning was pick up the New York Post. And see people climbing over the walls. I mean, come on. So two massive lies coming from the two people in charge. And then what they do is they have their underlings, you know, their Nazi soldiers. who Basically, they take orders. And this Corrine Jean-Pierre, who is the worst at her job. Say what you want about, I used to fight with Bernie about this. He's like, Jen Psaki sucks. I go, no, you're wrong. Jen Psaki is great. She doesn't suck even a little. She's a liar. There's that word again, Bill O'Reilly. I'm sorry. And she's dangerous, but she's great at what she does. And uh, Bernie eventually agreed. And if you watch Corinne Jean-Pierre right now, then, of course, you'd all come to that same summation. That Saki was great, and this lady's an embarrassment. But she does follow orders. So if Joe Biden says things are going well economically, she says it. And when Peter Ducey says, yeah, but can you explain this? She can't. When Kamala Harris says border is fine, she says it. And when somebody says it's not, what does she do? She does what she's told to do, which is blame the last guy, even though the border under Trump was the best it's been under any president in a long time. She just completes the lie, as she did right here with Jackie Heinrich yesterday, Corrine Jean-Pierre Lewis, cut number eight. 
some risk, though, that voters might feel like they're being lied to. When you, we're seeing images of, you know, in El Paso, they've released a thousand migrants on the street because the processing centers are overwhelmed there. You know, how is that humane? How is that safe, as you guys talk about so often, when it's it's overwhelming border cities, and, and they're asking the, the Biden administration to reimburse them for charter buses to get them out of the area because they're they're totally overwhelmed. So again, it is a broke a, a broken system. No. the immigration system. Lie. And it was um, it was decimated by the last administration. That is a fact. It was decimated by the last administration. It's a lie, dummy. Uh, what the last administration wanted was a border wall that was ineffective and used uh, a use of taxpayers' dollars, uh, and uh, and that's what we saw from the last administration. But just recently, CBP reported that that new wall along the southwest border was breached over 3,000 times. That new wall, 3, and between fiscal year of 2019 and 2021. Uh, it's required 22.6 million in repairs. That's what we're trying to deal with, with a decimated uh, system that was certainly not helped by the last administration. 3,000. I mean, th- does she even know the numbers that are coming? That, that's like 15 minutes these days in Texas and some of these border states. Some reporter asked her about that. Can you explain the influx of immigrants, of migrants, I should say, of illegals? Okay, folks. Let's stop with asylum seekers, making them out to be fine people, which they may be. They are illegals. Hey, Corrine, can you explain the influx of illegals? Here's a genius answer, cut number 12. The busing aside, how do you influx? Well, again, we, we understand that we have work to do. We understand that, and we have been doing the work to do You've that. done nothing. Uh, we have taken unprecedented action over the past year and a half to secure our border and rebuild a safer and orderly process system. I can't stand this lady. It's not her fault. She's just stupid. But my God, who buys this? Who sits there and goes, hey, you see her? You know what she's talking about right there. Who does that? Well, my sister does that, I know. we got to stop mentioning her, too. I think it's something to bother my mother. <laughs> what are you going to do? No, I love my sister. She's just, I just, she watches this stuff. Like, people actually sit and watch it. Like Stern, who I talk about almost every day because I still love him. I know it angers you people. I couldn't care less. But he actually talks about watching the show before Joe and Mika. Because he comes on like I do at 6 o'clock in the morning. He watches the show before Joe and Mika at 5 o'clock in the morning on MSNBC. What kind of sick person does that? Lois, what kind of sick person sits there and watches MSNBC and actually believes it to be real news? I, oh, I don't. I know you don't. I, I so. don't. I believe nothing. I don't I even like this guy, you, you, it really. I think he's a dick face. I'm not a big fan of his. But he did get Trump. Why? How come I don't get Trump? Bernie got him on. I give Bernie credit. It's also got a little tiring. It's six years ago already. But Bernie got him on. Great job. Our fifth day. Five days into the Imus show, Bernie got Trump on. It was all Bernie. He gets all the credit. Yeah, he's got, he hasn't gotten him since. And uh, all Bernie does is make out with Trump every day. And now I'm doing the same thing, maybe even worse. So why doesn't he come back? Why is he going to you, you it? No, who cares about I mean, you, you it is on. Uh, he's on with Chuck Todd. Yeah, but he's uh, syndicated. Who cares? No, nobody. We're you, on in New York. We've got I, millions I, of listeners. I don't care, but I'm, well, I'm telling you that's probably why. He's, on, he's probably on hundreds I mean, of I, radio I had stations Donald, across the country. I had Donald Trump Jr. 
Mm-hmm. His son, who he loves dearly, mm-hmm. sent me a text, and you saw this. This is true. You can attest to this. Thanking me for being a big voice in this city, in this state, mm-hmm. when he and I both spoke together and Guilfoyle at Zeldin's event at Steve Loro's house in Long Island two weeks ago. His own son was thanking me. You, you it. God. I almost don't even want to play it right now, but that'll be, that'll be very uh, childish of me. And Well, let's not play it then. Fine. I'd rather be a child. Nah, I don't know. Rudy's calling, it looks like. Put Rudy on at 8.05. Put him on at 8.05. Play one of these here. This is um, Trump is talking to well, you, you it. And the word indictment comes up. And whether or not that's going to affect Trump from running again in 2024. And if you're a Trump fan like I am, you're going to love all of Donald Trump's answers. This would be Donald Trump Lewis, number 15. You, you know the old saying, a uh, prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich if they want to. I'm just asking, if there is such a prosecutor and they indict you, would that deter you from running for president again? I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. And as you know, if a thing like that happened, I would have no prohibition against running. You know that. you've already. I do. And that's what I want people to understand. That would not take you out of the arena. It would not. But I think if it happened, I think you'd have problems in this country, the likes of which perhaps we've never seen before. I don't think the people of the United States would stand for it. What kind of problems, Mr. President? I think they'd have big problems. Big, big problems. I just don't think they'd stand for it. They will, not, they will not sit still and stand for this ultimate of hoaxes. Lindsey Graham said uh, a couple days ago, which was stupid from Lindsey to say it. I, mean, I love Lindsey Graham, but between his trying to regulate abortion and the comments on Trump, he's, he's taken stupid pills the last couple of weeks. He said there'll be riots in the streets. I wouldn't say that, Lindsey, but you, you would, did bring that up with President Trump about uh, possible riots with these statements. And this is Donald Trump's answer, Lewis, number 17. You know that the legacy media will say you're attempting to incite violence with that statement. How do you respond to what will inevitably... That's not, that's not inciting. I'm just saying what my opinion is. I don't think the people of this country would stand for it. That's not inciting riots, just like he didn't incite a riot on January 6th. Like he did say, if I remember, please approach or walk to the Capitol, whatever he said, peacefully. He incited nothing that day. Now, he... You know, we've been over this a billion times. Do I think he screwed up that day? Yes, I did. He sat around with his finger up his ass, despite his his daughter was calling him, his son was calling him, McCarthy was calling him, everybody calling him, saying, Donnie, baby, stop this. He didn't do it. He didn't stop it. And and do I think a part of him loved it? Yes. I do. Because he is the ultimate narcissist. And I'm a narcissist. But that's the type of guy you need in charge to run our country. So, let's get him back. 2024. But first, we've got to win in 2022. And before that, I must talk to Rudy Giuliani about this book, which has me angry for days now. So, we'll do that, too. A very exciting 8 o'clock hour about to come your way. Rudy Giuliani, Lydia Serrani, and Ari Fleischer, all three in the 8 o'clock hour. So dance your way to the next news update with Deb Valentine with some more Barry Manilow on the number one rated show in New York City, Bernie and Sid, with me, Sid Rosenberg. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
Now Biden's pissed off at all the GOP governors for playing politics with these illegals. Chris Wallace, that turncoat backstabbing, well, whatever. He's on CNN right now. Anyway, uh, 3 o'clock every weekday afternoon, the esteemed mayor, the great Rudy Giuliani, greatest uh, New York politician ever, and uh, just a great American, as Sean Hannity would say. He's on the air every, uh, every day at 3 o'clock. He's become a very good friend of mine, and Bernie, of course, too. And uh, I saw somebody on TV this week while I was hosting this show out of the corner of my eye, and I've been angry about it ever since. This guy's name is Andrew Kurtzman, whoever he is, and uh, he wrote this book. It's entitled Giuliani, The Rise and Tragic Fall of America's Mayor. And then the Washington Post followed up with a story on this book, and their title is How Rudy Giuliani, Once a National Hero, Ruined His Own Reputation. Let me tell Kurtzman and the Washington Post something. He's ruined nothing. Any decent, red-blooded American knows that Rudy Giuliani is every bit the patriot and great American today. He was when he stood on the wreckage down at 9-11 21 years ago and gave every one of us, every New Yorker, a reason to believe things were going to get better. He's the same guy, maybe even better. So I would tell Kurtzman to blow me. Anyway, here he is, folks, the great one himself. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, I've been so angry for... T- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's a different... You know, you know if, you ever, if you ever met with Kurtzman, you would scare him. I want to. I want to scare him. I want to scare the living daylights out of him because he this talked bad. This is the second book he's written about me. And the first book sold about four copies. <laughs> and uh, my basic response to it for years was, because people would pick it up you know, even when I ran for president, they they pick up everything about it. They said, what do you think of Kirsten's book? I said, who? <laughs> I never read it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they would say, is it true or false? I said, I imagine it's mostly false, but, you know, I haven't read it, so I can't tell you. Why would I waste my time reading it? I know the guy's doing a hit job. This one, I mean, this was just silly. Uh, he must have called me and then asked me through about 50 people would I be interviewed by him. I said, are you crazy? What the hell would I be interviewed by you for? It's like being interviewed by uh, by the the, uh, the mafia or something. Right. I mean, it kind of re- I know what you're going to do. You're either going to lie or you're going to twist things or you're going to come up with the worst conclusion possible. Now, the Washington Post, I mean, they just hate me because I represented Trump. I think this guy hates you for that too. I mean, I, I, because he does say at one point you well, were he great. Me before, he hated me before. When and did he start the to hate you? Thing. Yeah. you? You know, I helped him on September 11. He was when we got when we were trapped. Uh, Bernie and I and uh, Denny Young, my my friend who I lost this this year, unfortunately. Sorry. Uh, and um, he, he, we were about th- about 35 of us were trapped in a building. Uh, when the first building came down, I, I was waiting for a call from the vice president, and our building got hit. We got trapped. Governor Pataki will tell you that he thought that I was dead because some some people saw us going into a building, and they mis- they didn't see us come out of that building because we came out ultimately a half hour later through the basement. And uh, when we came out, we came out of the lobby. Of uh, on 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 
I guess it was it was like it was it was after the building came down, and when you looked outside of the lobby, it was complete smoke, like smoke, and people were getting hit. And he was inside, and he looked very very scared. And we decided we were going to go out. We we're going to go out. We we're going to get get out of the building because the building might fall down. Bernie and I did. So we took our thirty or forty people, and I grabbed Andrew's arm and I said, "Come with me, and I'll, we'll go on. We'll go on television right away." And I, I took him with me. I got, I got it. <laughs> Unbelievable! You well, saved, you, you saved this guy's life. I mean, at the very least, you I don't helped know if him. I saved his life. No, I don't think I saved his life. That building didn't come down. But I mean, I, I sort of gave him. It looked to me like I gave him a little courage. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how you get repaid. You know, they always say yeah, that, Rudy. I have no idea why, why he wrote that, that first book either. And uh, literally, all I know about it are. If somebody asks me a specific thing about it, I'll tell them it's not true. Or, it's, but I have I, I have not comment. I don't I just don't comment yeah. on his book. You know, uh, let him sell it. Let him sell it on his own. Oh, forget. Who knows? No one's gonna read that garbage. But but it is interesting to me, Rudy. That you know, uh, here you are, a great patriot from from your days as mayor to even uh, serving for Trump the last couple of years, and, and you get so much hate. I'm on Twitter. I get a lot of hate, too. I'm not in your league, trust me, but I get a lot of hate. I get death threats. Danielle gets them. It freaks her out, um, and I have to try to laugh it off, act like it doesn't bother me, and most of the time, yeah. it really doesn't. In fact, it fuels me to be even better, but you, with all this stuff that you get, is there a moment in the day where you're like, what the f do these people want from me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez. <laughs> you know, you just you, you actually said it exactly the right way, Sid. You, I, you said it. I don't know if you actually even know exactly what you said, but yeah. you said uh, most of the time it doesn't bother me. Most of the time, and that's true. Most of the time it doesn't bother me. I can't tell you. Every once in a while, it bothers me. It does. Every once in a while. I mean, it's even. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, even in the street, right? So most of the time, most of the time, I get really good reception in the street. I'm not. I don't. I don't spend most of my time being harassed in the street. But when I do, I'm. I'm I've been getting it since I ran for mayor in you know, 2000 and in, in 19, 19. I guess first time was 1989. Wow. So so 33 years. That, I've been getting that in the street. You know, forever. So I'm used to it. I just brush it off. I laugh it off. Sometimes I'll say something like if they use a bad word, very nice language, or. What a vocabulary! <laughs> well, you must have grad. You, 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 you obviously were taught by the teachers' union or something right, like right, that. That's funny. <laughs> but every once in a while, I'll like every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll lose my temper. Oh, and every once in a while, I'll say, "Yeah, come over here. Come here. <laughs> you want to have? Come on." I said it to my face. I know. Yeah. I know when I you. That. I did. I did that. I was coming. I remember. I was coming out of a party for Miranda Devine's book. I was getting in a, a in, in a car, and this guy starts yelling at me. <laughs> oh my God! Jeez. So yeah, I remember like I... cursing and cursing. I said, "Come on over here! Come on! Come on!" <laughs> yeah. ah, and, but, uh... and Maria, Maria said to me, "What are you crazy?" Right? I said. I've seen you go through these. I mean, she gets angry, and I smile most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, to. one gets angry. you. I sure, don't know what. Sure. It, maybe the person's face or the way they say it. it does, that guy doesn't get me. right. But he you know, but the it. thing that would get to you. And by the way, Miranda Devine and I have the same exact publisher. Uh, of course, uh, Post Hill Press, Simon and Schuster. She's a treasure. I love Miranda. But you know, I, I don't care. Oh, I love her too. Oh, she's great. I don't care, Rudy. If they come at me, that's fine. They're jealous or whatever it is. Maybe they're anti-Semitic. I don't know. Uh, but every now and then, and it's very rare. 
But every now and then they'll take a shot at Danielle. If they even mention, oh, yeah, if they yeah, mention yeah. my kids, so I got to imagine when Andrew was running for governor, oh, if, right? That got you oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I, I, in fact, you know, he had to calm me down. See, you're not going to help me if you do that. You know, my mother used to do that. My mother, my mother was when I was mayor. My mother was in her 80s. She died in the 90s. She used to call the report like, like, uh, well, she died when he wrote his book, but uh, she was dead by then. But my mother used to call up reporters and, you know, tell them and correct them. <laughs> And they loved. They actually loved it because she, yeah. she was an old, you know she was an older lady, and yeah. she was very. My mother was very very smart, and she, and she would wait until they made a mistake. So they'd write a column, like that had something wrong in it, and she'd call them up and say, "You know, you criticized my son a week ago, and you said this, and it was wrong. And now, you you just wrote this, and it's factually incorrect." <laughs> <laughs> or she she was an English teacher, so she'd correct them on grammar too. Oh, that's great. She'd get them really upset. She said, "You know, one thing if you were a really good writer." Then we could accept the criticism. Oh my you not really aren't a good writer. Oh, that's I'm great. Not even sure. <laughs> oh, that's great. I tell you who could use it right now is uh, Eric Adams. This guy butchers the English language like uh, like no one I've ever heard before in my whole life. Every day he has a new word. Yesterday he tried to say handle and he said hand do, and he refuses to, to <laughs> handle. I mean, he's just he's a mess. I do want to ask you about Trump though quickly before we run here, Rudy. Trump was yeah. on with uh, you Hewitt yesterday, and he said, "Listen," yeah. he goes. I don't care if they indict me. I think he really means that. I don't care if they do. It's not going to stop me and or slow me down from running in 2024. I've always felt that way. But to hear Trump say it himself yesterday, Rudy, I thought that was pretty cool. No doubt about that. In fact, in fact, if you want to be sure he's going to run, indict him. <laughs> if you want to be sure. He's... No, I mean, I think he's going to run. That's my that's and this is not inside information, you know, uh, I wouldn't buy. I, I wouldn't ask him. Are you going to run or not run? When he wants to tell me, he'll tell me. Uh, but I I know him about as well as anybody knows him. And uh, the last three four months, I would say, I'm almost certain he's running. I, I, something would have to go wrong for him not to to run. Uh, you know, the, the, I think things. The, the, the fact that it's getting worse and worse and worse. I'm going to tell you something else. And I'm, I, I mean, I have. People who love him who say, oh, we shouldn't go through it again, and, you know, he's getting older, let somebody else go through it. People who really care about him, yep. who think, you know, it is a terrible ordeal. He's the only person who can do it, Sid. Yep. You know, I, I, people say, well, what about, what about uh, DeSantis, or who I think is great, or what about uh, – uh, I think what Abbott did is brilliant. I think this thing about sending – I'm surprised nobody thought about it earlier. So always these ideas that come that happen, you always say, why didn't somebody think of it earlier, right? It's brilliant by sending them up to New York and Chicago and Washington. And the idea that it's kidnapping, these people if – you, if you are an illegal immigrant and you're sitting in Texas, and I just put in front of you the benefits you're going to get in New York and the benefits you get in Texas, you want to go to New York. Of course. Of course. I mean, it's a rational choice to of go to course. New York. Of course. You get to vote. First of all, you're going to get to vote in New York if that law stays. They passed a law in New York to allow illegals to vote. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I know it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, you, say, you say to somebody, you're going to get more welfare. You're going to get all sorts of benefits. You, uh, you get, you'll have no problems. It's a sanctuary city. 
they uh, spend you know spend all their time saying they're welcoming people from all over, no matter what. And by the way, if, 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 they, the way, way, if, if things go bad for you and you want to devote yourself to a life of crime, we wouldn't even put you in jail in New York. You can do that. Yeah, Have fun. yeah, you pick, pick New York, <laughs> Philadelphia, Chicago. I mean, you you get a Soros prosecutor in Texas. They might actually put you in jail. They'll shoot Ooh. you, Rudy. They'll shoot you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, now, now, what happened to some of these people, as they were coming up to New York on one bus, they found out about the crime in New York, and they wanted to stop off in Baltimore until they told them how much crime there is in Baltimore. Not only Baltimore, some want to go back to the Dominican Republic where they kill people in the streets. I mean, that's how bad it got. It's unbelievable. But, but you're right. Trump is the only guy, even at the age of 78, he'd be 78 if and when he wins in 2024, he's the only guy, not Christy Noem, not Tim Scott, not DeSantis, not Abbott. He's the only guy. Yeah, he knows what he's facing. You know, it's, a, it's, it's interesting. The first time, he did a great job for all the, all the interruption that he got and, and harassment. But, he, but the one thing he didn't do, he really didn't uh, drain the swamp. But he didn't realize how deep the swamp was. Hmm. He really didn't. I mean, I think he'd tell you that. I hope he would. I mean, because he... He didn't know how bad it was. That that doesn't mean he didn't say it was bad. He did. So did I. I knew better than he did how bad it was. But I didn't know how bad it was. If that makes any sense. <laughs> it does make sense. Well, I have to tell you, I, I, I really enjoy, uh, this is now the third consecutive week you've come on this show. And uh, now we're just making it. Every week, Rudy Giuliani, because you're so smart. You really are. You're brilliant. You're you're a great conveyor of words. Oh, thank you know you. this city. I thank love you. You know I you know I love you guys. You know I love you guys. I can't thank wait to can't wait till Bernie gets back. Yeah, me too. Me too. I will send them your regards, and we'll do this again Could next you week. Please send them my regards. I will. Tell them I'm praying for him. Okay? I will. Of course. And, uh, Father uh, Father Judge used to say. It's good when I pray because it's so unusual. God listens to me. <laughs> I do <laughs> love Giuliani. that line. Gee, yeah. y'all listen to him. <laughs> I love that line. Hey, uh, have fun at 3 o'clock. You're the best. We'll talk again next I week. Will. All I right. Will. Take okay. care. Love you. There he is, folks. The esteemed mayor himself does a tremendous job at 3 p.m. every weekday on this station. And it's really good here, by the way. Really good here. Rudy Giuliani, still to come this hour. Lydia Serrani, always terrific. Lydia reports. And how about this? Ari Fleischer, he's got a new book out, the former George Bush press secretary. He'll join us coming up at 8.40. Coming up next, Lou Dobbs' business report on this, the Friday edition of the number one rated show in New York, Bernie and Sid. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Stocks struggling ahead of next week's Fed meetings. Apple expecting an iPhone sales surge today and good news for Boeing. Those stories next. Inflation's at its highest level in decades. Interest rates skyrocketing and a recession may be looming. And retirement accounts are especially vulnerable. As you consider steps to protect your future, call the precious metal dealers at American Hartford Gold. They're the highest rated firm in the field with an A-plus rating. They can show you their suggestions for protecting your savings and retirement accounts. 
accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. All it takes to get started is a short phone call, and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. And if you call 866-611-1277 right now, tell them Lou sent you, and they'll give you up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. So don't wait. Call 866-611-1277. That's 866-611-1277. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. The Dow Jones Industrial Average sitting at its lowest level in two months after yesterday's session. More mixed economic reports since stock prices lower. Investors fully expecting another 75 basis point interest rate hike next week. The iPhone 14 hits the market today after a week's worth of pre-orders. Deliveries are out. Apple investors are expecting a boost in the stock price. General Motors is investing nearly half a billion dollars in EV parts production. GM will begin work on new metal parts at its Indiana plant this year. Meanwhile, $900 million of federal funding is going toward a nationwide network of EV charging stations. Boeing CEO expects the FAA to certify the company's 737 MAX jetliners by the end of this year. New regulations put in place after two of those planes crashed. Boeing stock climbing and extended trading after that promising update. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Sid, we've talked about this yesterday. We're talking about it today. The people in Martha's Vineyard, they're in an uproar over those 48 migrants. That's all it's been, 48 migrants. Your boy, Chuck Todd, what has happened to him? I don't know. I just... It's it's really terrible. But I will tell you this, though. There was a report a couple of weeks ago that said that Chuck Todd, Lydia, is on his way out. He's done. The ratings are down. They're firing him. So I sent him a text. I actually showed the answer to my guys here. And he said, quote, fake news. He said, there are some Democrats who'd like to see that and some folks at NBC, but it's fake news. So he's gone completely bat crazy because of Trump, but he denies that his job is on the line. Well, it's very bizarre. He was calling what happened in Martha's Vineyard, that the fact that the migrants were sent there, again, just 48 of them. He said it's inhumane. They're political pawns. Do me a favor. When you do these stories, please refer to these people as illegals, not migrants, not asylum seekers. Uh, They're not bad people. It's not their fault that we allow them to do this. But they're illegals. I think when when you say that word, people may come to the realization they don't deserve all they're getting here in the United States. They're illegals. Well, technically, they're not illegal because the government is allowing them to come in. Biden has basically ushered them in, asked them to come in. So it's not them committing any of the crimes. And even Biden, he's taking advantage of the whole immigration system. We could have different ports of entries. That's how the immigration system is supposed to be. If somebody comes in by foot on any of the ports of entry, then we're, and they're supposed to ask for asylum, and then they have to go through the whole process and all that stuff. But basically, Biden, what they have done is made the whole border a port of entry, allowed everybody to come in. And then while they're seeking 
asylum, allegedly, they, they're off in the wind. That's the problem. So they're all coming in here legally, according to the Biden administration. What happens when they become illegal is when they don't return for their court dates and everything. So you've got the Martha's Vineyard people going going cuckoo crazy. It, it looks like the, I, I'm hoping they're going to go to the. I, I hope I hope they're going to go to Delaware. I hope they're going to end up at Biden's summer home. Keep in mind well, that they came six- close. They did come close yesterday going to the Naval Observatory right outside Kamala Harris's house. Right. They went to I, I know that's the first time she ever saw the migrants. And meanwhile, she's a border czar. Sixty three hundred migrants come in every single day. El Paso, Texas, is run by Democrats. And they're like, we're not taking this anymore. They've allocated two million dollars. So they can fly them out. And so, you know, Martha's Vineyard, Chicago, New York City, get ready. Governor Gavin Newsom now wants to charge Abbott and DeSantis with kidnapping. It's getting so ridiculous. But I want you to listen to this woman who's the so-called homeless coordinator in Martha's Vineyard, how upset she is about these 48 migrants that showed up in their posh little town. Take a listen. What are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are... uh, we have to, at some point in time they have to move to somewhere else right we we cannot we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants um and we we certainly don't have housing we're in a housing crisis as we are on this island and so we, we don't we can't house everyone here that lives here and works here we don't have housing for 50 more people they don't they're having a housing crisis in Martha's Vineyard they could all move into Obama's house there's plenty of room there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Plenty of room there. He'd love it. So would Michelle. She would love that, wouldn't she? I mean, the biggest uh, I, phonies ever. All of them. Phonies. I know. Isn't that isn't that like the typical like privileged Democrat liberal, whatever you want to call it, that they're like, yeah, like for example, in Westchester, they were all talking about building all this subsidized housing and all these other kind of low income housing in all the areas. Rob Astorino, they were forcing him. It became this whole big battle. And they ended up putting they wanted to put stuff up in Chappaqua, you know, Chappaqua. That's where Hillary Clinton lives. Well, guess what? It never happens. They pushed it back. And Chappaqua, it doesn't get more blue and more democratic than Chappaqua. So they're all happy to let the migrants come in, let the criminals go free, but not in their backyard. Well, listen, these are the same people that also want to defund the police when they've got millions of dollars worth of cameras and gates at their homes and walk around, mind you, with their own private security detail. So everything they say goes against what they do. Everything they say goes against what they do. And many of these folks, as you know, Lydia, because you're very smart and great at this, a lot of these folks that are yelling and screaming about the migrants today, including Obama, Chuck Schumer, and a host of others, were all for secure borders just 10 years ago. But they decided because Donald Trump actually did something about it that they have to be completely against it. They're hypocrites. They're liars. They're not fooling us. And that's why WABC is number one. I know, right? That's incredible. Chad Lopez, the president of our company, gave John the incredible news that 22 out of the 24 hours that we are on the air, we are number one. That's that's crazy considering where it was yep. just right before John John bought the station. It's yep. unbelievable what he has done and and Margot. It's it's really incredible, a testament to them, and of course a testament to you and Bernie. And you know, we all try to work really hard. And it this you know, people say, Well, how did you guys do it? That's crazy. We're just telling the truth. That's it. And we're trying to keep you entertained at the same time. Is that hard? Uh it is hard. It's not nearly as easy as it looks. 
but the the intrinsic value is high. The uh, financial value is well worth it. So it's not as easy as it looks, but, man, I'm having a great time doing it, and so are you, and you are great again today, and you're always great. Well, that's why they call you a talent, Sid, because a talent, people, you know, everybody thinks they can just, you know, plop in a chair and talk on the radio, but there is some, there is a talent to it. I've had a guy, I was at a wedding, uh, it, was a, it was a little while ago, and he goes to me, wow, you are so lucky, you get paid to just sit there and talk. Yeah, right. Wow, I wish I could have your job. And I right. looked at him and I go, do you know how much preparation, how much reading I do? I read literally, probably, I'm not exaggerating, probably like 50 articles a day, especially for jobs. John's show because I never know who's going to be on. Sure. I never know what kind of curveball I'll be thrown there. So I have to make sure I know everything I'm doing. So it's like I'm studying for the SATs every single day, then be able to spit it out in a coherent way, keep the pace going and try to be funny at the same time and keep the listeners entertained. So it's, it is, it's a talent. It's a gift from God. I, 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 firmly believe in that, that we're able to do this. And we're really also blessed and lucky that we're able to do this. And we've got a great owner like John Katzmatidis, who you can listen to five o'clock tonight, John Katzmatidis, where we stand for truth, justice, and the American way. It's a heck of a job all week long, Lydia. Thank you Thank so you. much. Have a Thank great you. weekend. You're great. We'll be listening at five o'clock, you and John. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, it's a good tune, Lewis. Uh, we've had a kick-ass show today, I have to say myself. Marlena Shivo was great. Then uh, Rudy Giuliani was terrific. Brian Kilmeade was great, too. And I'll be with Brian later on today. I'll be on his television show tomorrow night, Brian Kilmeade Primetime, on Fox News at 8, promoting my new book, Citizens United. But my next guest has a new book, too, and he's a much bigger name than I am. His book is uh, Suppression deception, snobbery, and bias, why the press gets so much wrong and just doesn't care. He's on Fox News all the time. He did, of course, serve uh, 21 years ago as George Bush's press secretary. I think the world of this guy making his second visit to the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, it's Ari Fleischer. uh, Ari, I should say, Sid Rosenberg here. How are you, buddy? Doing good. Thank you for having me back. Uh, you got it. You were great last time. You'll be great again today. I like your story because I'm also a, a kid from Brooklyn, Jewish kid from Brooklyn, and uh, I like the Democrats. And like you, I was young. I was only 12 when Jimmy Carter was ruling this country and Ronald Reagan took over. But I remember the, the hockey team and getting out the hostages from Iran. I remember how proud I was. We're in that moment right now. I think Donald Trump can do for the country after Joe Biden, what Ronald Reagan did after Carter back in 1980. Is that a fair analogy? Yeah, I like that. And by the way, you're young. I was 17 when Jimmy oh my Carter God. became president. <laughs> but uh, you still look great, though. You really do. <laughs> no, there's really something big going on in America where things just – it's not as if it's just an economic problem. There's a cultural problem. There's a direction of the country. There's a lack of, lack of love for our country, lack of following laws. And that is kind of what happened when Reagan came in and crushed Jimmy Carter and Republicans picked up so many seats in the House, took the Senate. You get that same feeling now that America is adrift and the right Republican candidate can capture that mood and bring back a feeling of optimism. I agree with you. Now, your parents 
They got mad at you, right? Your parents uh, came here from uh, a different country. They were liberal Democrats. They're like, what happened to our nice little Jewish Ari? Now he's a Republican. Uh, How long did that last, that anger? Yeah, I'm a a first-generation American, proud uh, to be the son of a Hungarian immigrant who escaped the Holocaust to come to America. Wow. And my dad was born in an even stranger place. He was born in Manhattan. (laughs) So those those are my parents. And, uh, yeah, I was raised a liberal Democrat. I got to college a liberal Democrat. Carter turned me into a conservative Democrat, and Reagan turned me into a Republican. And then uh, you actually moved, uh, and we'll get to your book here coming up, a little, a little Ari Fleischer history, because I think it's very it's, it's interesting. You moved from Elizabeth Dole, she dropped out, to George Bush. Isn't that right, back in 2000? Correct. I, I spent some 21 years in Washington, 17 years on Capitol Hill, and I left the Hill to become Elizabeth Dole's communications director. When she dropped out, George W. Bush asked me to move to Austin, Texas, and become spokesman for his campaign, and that's what happened. You know, Ari, I watch this Kareem uh, Jean-Pierre, you know, and um, what am I going to say? She's, she's just not smart enough to handle that job. You know, Jen Psaki said some stuff that angered me, but she was actually good at it. But it's not an easy job. And there you are, you're, you're Bush's press secretary. And I don't know, the first couple of years, you've got 9-11, you've got bombings, you've got the Iraq War. When you look at some of the things you had to do and speak for on the behalf of George Bush, Uh, Starting in 2001, that was an immense task. Yeah, and don't forget the recount, which I thought would be the biggest story I'd ever face in my life. Right. Uh, The anthrax attacks. It was a heavy time. It was a serious time. It was a time when the nation rallied, and it was a patriotic time in that sense, too. Um, You you know, I'm not going to criticize any of my successors. The job is hard enough as it is. Let me just say this. Two things a press secretary has to have to be successful is, one, you have to be in the meetings. You have to know what's going on. You have to hear it yourself, see the president yourself, Uh, and that's every day. For one-third, one-quarter of my days, I was in the Oval with the president in his meetings. Well, by the way, to to, to Jean-Pierre's in defense of her, she can't see the president every day right now because he's home asleep. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she can babysit. But you, you, you can't read off of a piece of paper that somebody else hands you. You have to be in the room to hear it, see it, feel it for yourself, and then you have to be fast on your feet. Then you have to be articulate and be able to explain what's happening and go back and forth with the press and engage with the press on it. Those are the two essential skills to being the press secretary. Um, I won't say anything about how she's carrying them out, but those are the two skills. Yeah, oh, for two, if you're a baseball fan, she's hitting zero. I'll say for Ari Fleischer because he won't say it. He's too classy. Uh, and you do, you know, talking about going back and forth with the media, which is not easy. You know, Trump had Jim Acosta. I guess she's got Peter Ducey now. But uh, you talk about the media in this book, and I grew up in an era when, uh, look, I, I think that uh, people like Peter Jennings and Tom Brokaw and Dan Rather, I know for a fact, I knew who they were voting for, who they liked, but it just didn't seem to be that pervasive when they were doing news on television. And there were no cable news channels back then, like now, they devote all their time to one party. So you, you really couldn't talk about the media then as you can now, but as your book points out, what's going on right now, Ari, is more criminal than on the streets of Manhattan. It's horrible. And what I expose in my book is just how far reporters have gone. Everybody knew, and even back in my era, they were liberal. But now they have abandoned any sense of objectivity, and they just let it rip. They've become political activists for a cause. And I have a chapter devoted to CNN, to the New York Times, and I expose just how far they go in supporting a cause. They, they don't really care anymore about being objective. It doesn't move the needle. It's not as fulfilling. They care more 
about getting huge numbers of Twitter followers, liberal activists, Hollywood people endorsing them, contracts with MSNBC. This is what gives reporters the juice, the fun feeling of doing their job to save the country. And they decided they needed to save the country from Donald Trump. And when they did that, that's what motivated me to write this book. Because say what you will about President Trump, we are a 50-50 nation. And reporters ought to be fair and neutral instead of just overwhelmingly mainstream media deciding Donald Trump is a risk to the country and they're going to slant and tilt the news to get rid of him. That's what went wrong. I agree thousand percent. Now, there are some that will say the, the detractors, well, what about Newsmax? They go the other way. And by the way, Fox News has a lot of liberals on that station right now, which angers people like Donald Trump and myself. And it's a fair point, and, and I do lament that we have conservative media, liberal media. I think everybody would prefer just to have one thing down the middle, take it to the bank. It's the facts. They don't tell you what to conclude. That's up to us as the people, but they tell you what took place. But be that as it may, you still have overwhelmingly the influence in this country. Yep. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, The New York Times, Washington Post, Associated Press. <laughs> They dwarf Newsmax yep. or any of the conservative yep. media, even talk radio. Not talk even radio. close. Bastion of conservatism. These guys, for example, the networks have three networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, 20 million viewers a night. Fox's most popular shows are three to four million a night. That's right. That's true. No, it, it is an overwhelming edge, a partisan home crowd, Brent Musburger would say on a Saturday afternoon for the, uh, for the Democrats. Yeah. And it, yeah. But the other problem, Ari, is, is that when they do screw up, there's no repercussions because they own it, basically. I mean, I know CNN just got rid of Brian Stelter. That was somewhat humiliating, although he got a job at Harvard right away. Don't you explain that to me, how Harvard hires Brian Stelter and Bill de Blasio. Oh, my God. But uh, <laughs> th- there doesn't seem to be a lot of repercussion for these folks when they say stuff that is not only false, Ari, but sometimes flat-out dangerous. Well, this is why the experiment at CNN is going to be fascinating. It does look like they're making some changes there. I hope they return to objective down-the-middle journalism. Keeping Don Lemon, I think, makes it a little harder. But we'll see what they do, and we'll see if there's a market for it. Was there the, do the economics, will people actually want to view something objective, or are we so used to our pitted camps that that's where we'd rather stay? So I'm going to keep my eye on, on that experiment. It's, it's, it's notable. Um, but, you know, the, the repercussions – the, the problem was, especially at CNN, the bosses at CNN encouraged their anchors and their daytime reporters to let it rip, to give their opinions, to go after Trump, to be pro-Biden. And you saw it from the White House correspondents, not only Jim Acosta, John Harwood, uh, so many of the Brianna Keeler anchors would give their opinions. Yeah. And this yeah. is what's wrong. Business reporters giving their opinions. I don't pay them to give their opinion. I pay them. To just tell me what happened, and right. I'll give you my opinion. Right. Not only uh, is Don Lemon staying at CNN, by the way, he just got promoted to a primetime slot with two co-hosts. You can't make it up. But I'm going to tell you what I feel, and believe me when I tell you I'm a novice compared to you. I admit that. But I don't think CNN is nearly as bad as MSNBC. I still have Jake Tapper, for example. Every now and then, Jake Tapper is rational. He actually says something that makes sense for both sides. I watch MSNBC, whether it's, I don't watch it, but I hear about it. Joe Mika, this uh, Joy Reid, who I think is a racist, by the way, and, and a ton of others. I really, and even Mike Barnacle, they've ruined. I really believe that MSNBC is worse than CNN, Ari. Oh, no question, but MSNBC is honest about it. They acknowledge that they're a liberal organization, lean forward. Uh, that's, a, that's their DNA. 
CNN has always pretended to be objective in the old history and tradition that CNN from which they were born. Oh, that's a good point. And that was a noble tradition. But they want to have it both ways. They want to let it rip, go after Trump, be liberal, but call themselves objective. And that's why I have a chapter about them. Example after example after example in my book about just how bad they are. Well, I must tell you, this is a very important book because with all that's gone wrong over the years, uh, the media is maybe the, the biggest issue. And I will say this, when we talk about, Ari, on the way out, what Donald Trump did well, foreign policy, Israel, uh, the economy in the United States, Putin would never dream about doing what he's doing right now. All the things that Donald Trump did well, you may very well put at the very top of that list, just like Ari Fleischer does with his book right now, Donald Trump exposed the media. That was a big deal. No question about it. And, and you know, I interviewed Donald Trump for this book, and it was fascinating because he told me when he got elected, when he won on election night, he actually thought the media would turn. He thought they'd be fair. And when he realized they weren't fair, he realized he had to fight them. And I really think if the press had been fair, if they hadn't gone for the Steele dossier and collusion, the Trump years would have been so different. But he turned it up because he recognized that the press had turned him down. And that became part of the back and forth. And if only the media would do their job, politics would be a lot more uh, what the American people want it to be. Agreed. On the way out, uh, our dear friend, a colleague, we both love him, Bo Dito says, hey, ask Ari about running my congressional campaign in 86, only lost by a couple thousand votes, very close, met with Ronald Reagan in the White House. Bo Dito, is that true, Ari? Yeah, I didn't run it. I was one of the people sent up from Washington by the National Republican Congressional Committee to work on it. Boy, did I get to know Queens. I, I could get you to JFK on every back road there was. Forget traffic jams. I knew how to get around them. <laughs> um, I, I, I loved it. I lived up in Queens for six weeks on that special election in 86. Bo's a great guy, and uh, it was a lot of fun. We lost uh, in a district that was represented by Joe Adabo. Uh, old-time New York pal, uh, overwhelmingly Democrat yesterday. Is, is that slipping in a special? He still isn't Joe still in charge of Howard Beach right now? Still, I don't think so. I what think so. Son by the same name. Oh, his son. Okay, long time ago. Right, 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 right. That's probably his kid. You're right. Same name. It's probably his kid. Uh, the new book again, folks. You have to read this. It's very, very important stuff. I'm serious. Suppression deception, snobbery, and bias. Why the press gets so much wrong and just doesn't care. Ari Fleischer cares. Go out and buy his book. Ari, as always, magnificent job. Thank you for coming on. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You got it, bro. Uh, Ari Fleischer, my man, right here on Bernie and Sid, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. A heck of an hour. Rudy Giuliani, Lydia Serrani, and uh, Ari Fleischer. That's why we're number one, folks. But one more hour to go before we wrap it up for the weekend and come back to you on a Monday morning, the fourth and final hour of the Friday edition of New York's number one talk show, Bernie and Sid. Is coming at you right after this. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? 
Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. One of the mainstream guys, most successful show is the morning show, which is in radio, the most important show because it brings in the most revenue. His name is Sid Rosenberg. Now, I've known him for a long time. He's with Bernard McGurk. You know Bernie McGurk from the O'Reilly Factor. And it's Sid and Bernie in the morning, or Bernie and Sid, depending on who you're talking to. They are number one in the largest market in the country. So why Rosenberg is interesting is he's a former sports guy. Okay? He, he was a big sports guy for most of his career who's now doing news and apparently the people in New York like it because it's, again, the number one show. He has a new book called Citizens United with an S. That is extremely clever. Salacious spiels, stories, suggestions, and solutions to withstand a woke word world. Mr. Rosenberg joins us now from New York. 17 years by her side Broke the same bread Wore the same clothes And you said We're sisters with nothing between If one of us fall The other will soon be following Both of you fell the same day you don't know why one of you never woke up and you lay your body down on the floor you're desperate to hear footsteps again but this house is on fire we need to go Yes, I do. As Bill O'Reilly said so eloquently there, I do join you from New York. I am Sid Rosenberg, part of this great duo, Bernie and Sid. Bernie recovering still. Hopefully he'll be back next week. I have no news. I've got none. But uh, hopefully he'll be back. If not, we will do what we do every day, and that is put on a great show. The number one show in New York, and that's what we are, right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC at 907 on your Friday morning. Thank you for that, Bill. Still had a great time with O'Reilly at that Met game on Wednesday night. Hung out in Steve Cohen's box. Met Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets. John Ledecky, the owner of the Islanders. Ralph Macchio showed up. We had a blast. And it was all really headed by Bill. You walk around anywhere with O'Reilly and have now done three games, uh, three Met games with O'Reilly and one Nick game. I mean, again, look, uh, we've been together for 22 years. Is I, that the exact? Is that the yes, number? I started with Imus in uh, 2000. Okay, I'm And I got fired that. after the first week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's but, right. Yeah, that's right. Who 22 that? years. Who? Yeah, that, that's right. Who's this guy? That's what Imus said. He was furious at Chernoff. 22 years. You like him. You know, you're going to love him. Uh, if I would have told you then that uh, Bill O'Reilly would have these great tickets to the Mets and the Knicks. Bill O'Reilly and this guy, the guy doing sports here, this guy, Sid. He'd be the guy that Bill wants to go to the game with. You would have said what? That's what 
shocked me. <laughs> That's what shocked me. I was still every each day that passes that since you've been at this game. I said he was, and then MJ showed me. No, he's really there. Look at this picture. He's he's got a picture of him, Steve Cohen, right. and O'Reilly. I said, Ralph hey, Macchio. It's really happening. It's happening. That really happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, he could talk about it the next day on the air. You still can't believe it. But I can't. But now I see pictures. Right. Of it. I, I, it's, all, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. Um, that's a third Met game and a Nick game. And I must be going, I can see those two pastors. I know, both no good, no son of a gun. I can, I can hear him saying that because you know, Don would be jealous. You know, you know Don, of this, course. This, this is a, a, a guy, a, a, well, not a guy, a friend of mine who I walked around the village with and you were like peeing in plants. <laughs> like, right. wait a second, I just turned to my left. Where the hell is Sid go? We got to get into a cat. Oh, he's going to the bathroom in this outside this bar, right? And right in a plant. Yeah, that was 22 years ago, yeah. and now which, which 10 minutes before I had done the same thing. And of course you did, of course. But what's 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 even more amazing is that uh, some of these politicians, for example, I don't reach out to them. I swear to God, I don't. I mean, some of the guys I reach out to, obviously the regulars, but we have a lot of guests on this show that are really well-respected politicians locally, nationally. I don't know how they get my number. They all get my number. Like I'll get every single day I get two or three texts from a number I don't recognize, and it's some politician saying, Hey Sid, I'd love to come on the show. I'll ask you again, Lou, twenty two years ago. And I was doing middays, I was talking about sports with Jody McDonald and Joe Beningle. If I would have said there's gonna come a day, Lou, wise guy, where they're gonna not text I miss because he'll be off the air or dead, God rest his soul. They're gonna be texting me. To come on an important political radio show in New York, you would have said what? Again, I'm triple <laughs> shocked. Um, no joke. I well, first it started with that uh, the Lee Zeldin uh, right. thing two weeks ago. Right. Lee standing in a, some palatial estate. Donald Trump Jr.'s there and his wife, and then there's Sid standing and then giving a speech. I, I could. This is the same guy who used to leave me uh, for like 15, 20 minutes at a time at a bar. And I, I, he's here somewhere. I don't know where. Oh, no, I know where he went. Okay, I got it. And that, now, 22 years later, yeah. oh, yeah, uh, Steve Cohen and I, we're going uh, to be in his box. And uh, Bill O'Reilly, we're going to be having the hot dogs and stuff. We're going to be watching the Met game. It's and I'm taking Gabe and everything. It's, it's, yeah, that's what I was doing last night. I don't even know it's the same. Guy. I know, I know. Well, just so you know. Do you believe it? No, I, I was going to just say, it's amazing you, you read my mind. I was going to say, just so you know, I can't believe it either. Like, I can't believe it either. And, and just to let you know, folks, this is far from over. Sid Rosenberg is still a work in progress. I'm far, far from perfect and far from where I want to be. But the, um, the evolution, if that's the right word here, the evolution has been remarkable, just remarkable. <laughs> just I mean, I would spend I would spend two hours talking about whether or not the Mets could acquire Randy Johnson for Joe McEwing. Two hours. Or, uh, well, look, Mackie Sasser will be able to throw the ball back. It's going to happen. That's right. Oh, it's going to happen. That's oh, but they used to get crazy about Mackie Sasser. That's a great reference. <laughs> this, these are my days and nights were filled with that. Now. I walk around town dressed up from radio to TV to a political event to, uh, you know, hobnobbing. Such a cool word. Hobnobbing with uh, some of the all-time greats. Ridiculous. Even oh, Howard ridiculous. Stern is jealous. The, fr- the fact that you use the phrase, the evolution of Sid Rosenberg is continuing. I know. Is 
Hard to believe. Mind-boggling. It is. It's and, really and mind-boggling. Lewis, by the way, I'm actually promoting my second book on top of it. I'm Two s- books. <laughs> How many more reinventions are we going to watch? Well, no, this is it for me. I'll get better at this because everybody can always get better at everything. And um, I'll be a better person, even though I'm a, I'm a good person. I'll be a better person. But in terms of uh, changing things, look, I woke up. I came back to, uh, to New York in 2014. And at the end of my first book, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, which nobody bought, uh, in 2010, the last line talked about me wanting to get back to New York City. So all I wanted to do was to get back to New York City. And, but I wanted to come back to work on the fan. I had no idea in 2010 I had a political future in front of me or that God would give me, and I mean this, that God would give me John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez. I had no idea God loved me that much. I just wanted to come back and do sports. FAN, rewrite the chapter because it ended ugly. And I came back in the summer of 2014, and I spent the whole summer at my sister Ray Sherry and Albert's house in Marine Park, Brooklyn. Ava and Gaby were kids. Danielle was with them down in Florida. And I spent two months. I did 41 fill-in shows at the fan. 41. And every day, whether it was Mark Malusis or Kimberly Jones, host of others, we'd be fighting back and forth. Is Eli Manning an all-time great? <laughs> my wife is hilarious. Danielle, quote, I listen to your show about once a month, and it's amazing. Every time I turn the show on, you're talking about yourself. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) No wonder, once a month. Yeah, Danielle, I'm Sid. We're married 31 years. Um, Have you met him? Which, by the way, she, she, and I love my wife, and she's much smarter than me, but she's addicted to Stern, and that's all he does. He's either talking to Bradley Cooper or talking about himself. So, please, give me a break. But it's funny. That's a funny line. It's true. I, um... I argued every day about these sports figures. And I remember calling Danielle and saying, I can't do it. You know, back then, Barack Obama was president. And um, it seemed like there was a terrorist attack every week. You know, people wanted to have a lunch in Paris, and they were shot to death. Went to a theater in Paris, were shot to death. Went to a soccer game in Paris. An airport in Brussels, blown up by bombs. Here in the United States, you remember that couple in California, the Christmas party? It seemed like every week there was a terrorist attack. And I'm sitting in front of a microphone arguing with some other person about what adjective is right to describe Carmelo Anthony. It didn't feel right. Now, don't get me wrong. I still love sports. Love it. I will be there watching Giants, Panthers. I I still watch the Mets, the Knicks, the Rangers, college football. I love sports. Love it. And I still opine on sports on this show now more than ever. But, but, it ain't the end of the world. If the Jets lose, it happens all the time anyway, but so what? If the Mets lose to the Cubs, they lose three straight, nobody dies. Did you walk into FAN the first time thinking... Well, you worked at an all-sports station probably before FAN, right? No? I did. I okay. did a national show with a guy named Scott Kaplan that was all-sports. Because I started there. Yeah. And um, when I first when we first started, I looked around at everybody. I went, oh, my God. 
These guys are lunatics. Losers. I thought losers, not lunatics. Okay, well, I'm trying to be. But they were all nice. All the producers were all nice guys. Great people. All great. That's all they talked about. That's it. That was it. They would fight all day in the newsroom. And then you had guys like Dave Bunzel wearing (laughs) soccer jerseys and Eddie Scazzeri wearing a Dan Marino jersey every day. Go, these are adults. He's got a bat sixth. He's got a bat sixth. You don't put them in the three spot. You don't put like I saw guys really coming out of the control room yeah. screaming. Oh no, they, they they had fist fights. Look. One time, Steve Summers had to break up uh, Donnie Veritson and Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody like that. Yeah, they went crazy. Uh, am I like these guys? <laughs> What the hell are they talking about? By the way, about? you were just like those guys. No, I, I, I don't know. I got turned off to some Well, you, you would get angry, yes, that. to your point, oh, yes. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to jump off the Empire State Building because well, these teams are going to lose anyway. Look, look at these guys. And then the callers called. And they're even worse. Oh, my God. Right. They're ready to kill. Well, that's ex- screaming. Well, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. And I, they still are. I came to the realization that summer 2014, I couldn't do it anymore. And that's when I started to employ more politics into my local show in South Florida. And that is when people ask me, when do you think you became a great host? It was then. 2014, because I started doing more news and politics and entertainment and started doing a show, quite frankly, similar to Don Howard and those guys. Uh, Not at FAN. They didn't allow me to become great because... They boxed you in. You had to talk. If I ever broke away from Met Talk, I was called into Spitz's office or Chono's office in five minutes. His arms folded. Right. Just like that. Uh, uh, you, you, you cannot talk about the Senate anymore when you like, it's giants. You just stick exactly. To that. Stick to exactly. that. Exactly. I, I mean, you know what the audience wants. Look, here's the best part. So to get me out of New York, because the fan wouldn't rehire me back, at one point, CBS uh, wanted me to work in Atlanta. So they flew me, I swear to God, to Atlanta, Georgia, because they were thinking about, they wanted me to host the morning show. So I walk into a meeting, staying at the uh, very nice place, by the way, the W Hotel off of, uh, you know, what's the name of that famous street in Atlanta? Tree Peachtree, you know. Walk into the meeting, three African-American guys, not that it matters, but I'm just very descriptive like the media is today, and me. You know. And uh, the boss of all bosses sits there and he goes, Mr. Rosenberg, how are you? I said, you call me Sid. Okay, Sid. Sid, how do you feel about the Georgia Tech rambling wreck? Before I can answer, he goes, before you answer, how do you feel about the Georgia Bulldogs? I looked at him, I said, is this serious? Like, is this, like, oh, no, this is very serious. This is Atlanta, Georgia. College football here is like Jesus Christ. We talk college football here, Sidney. That's right. And I'm like, well, I love it. <laughs> I walk out of the meeting. I call Chris. I go, are you nuts? Are you nuts? Sid Rosenberg talking Georgia. What are we doing here? Now, that's a big, bigger market. Imagine if you went to a smaller market. Well, they, they would have tried that, too, just to keep me out of New York because they didn't want me to go up against them on the fan. Anyway, it all, it all worked out because here I am today, and I've had the opportunity the last six years to walk alongside, work alongside the great Bernard McGurk, who is equally a great human being, as he is a radio partner and host. And he's not been here now for five or six weeks. And I don't know what Bernie's future is here. I don't know. I do know this. Um, When it's over, whether it's now, 10 years, or 20 years, he was the best partner I ever had. And is, is the best partner I've ever had. 
And uh, these people are the best people I've ever worked for. And this has become a really rewarding experience. And I hope that it goes on forever. And now that you're back, Lou, I had somebody tell me yesterday when you and Lou uh, get, like this segment, for example, when you do that type of stuff, it reminds us of I Miss McCord, all that good stuff. I feel that, too. Uh, you and I are able to kind of recreate some of those memories. So getting you back here, I will tell you, probably extended my career here by at least a decade. So thank you. You mean 10 more years we're yes, going to be? Yes, oh, yes, yes. Okay. I, I meant, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's very sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's very sweet, Lou. Thanks. Yeah, no, it is sweet. <laughs> you know, sometimes in the morning, that reminded me, the sports talk, when these guys are out in the hall, you know, like Phil will do. Oh, he the, does it every morning yeah, by the they, Xerox. They are actually, I hear them so passionately screaming about who the real guard should be. Idiots. It's just, it's, Idiots. it's really kind Idiots. of funny. I know, I know. But, uh, I close the door thinking, oh my God, what are they, what are they doing? But uh, to Phil's credit, he's a very talented guy. And he's a great addition to the show, but he is what he is. He's 25 years old. He's got some girlfriend he rarely sees. He doesn't really believe in anything important. He still lives at home. He has like three pairs of pants, two T-shirts, one basketball jersey, and a tattoo on his knee. That's all you need to know. No, not one. More than one. That's Phil. But somehow he's a genius. Yeah, he is. Yeah, like, I love this guy. Either. Ah, that's why the show is great, because of folks like him. Anyway, 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. You don't know what you're talking about. He's got to shoot more. <laughs> we need a contestant right now for Pete Morgan's Beat Sid. Your chance at cash and prizes, thanks to Pete and Peerless Boilers. Generosity coming up at 940 Call us right now. Your chance to play. We'll take a short break. This is Run For Your Life by The Fray. I'm Sid Rosenberg, and this is Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. You broke my heart and you made me cry. You said that I couldn't dance. And now I'm back to let you know that I can really make romance. You do what you gotta do. You do everything you can. I love Florida Governor, I love this song, Lewis. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, I, I love him. I'm on record saying that many, many times. Bernie, too. I don't love him enough to, uh, to beat Trump in 2024. I want Trump to do it again. He was great at it once. But I do love DeSantis, and he is taking the sanctuary state nonsense to a different level. There really should be no such thing as a sanctuary state anymore. I mean, come on, enough with this. It is just an invitation for disaster. And uh, certainly this border situation, which at this point is a legitimate catastrophe. That's a, uh, that's a big word. I don't mean by, by the amount of letters. That's, it's a big word. It, it's, it's a catastrophe is like really bad, you know? It's like really bad. What's the, uh, the worst movie you've ever seen, Lewis? Or the worst song you've ever heard? I hate. There's a other. Uh, let's see. There's like a lot of. Give me songs. one. Just give me uh, okay. one. Okay. 
The worst movie. I, I hate that movie. That uh, What is that? Uh, just show me the money. I, I hate Oh, that Jerry Maguire. I hate that movie. Really? I love that movie. Okay. No, it's, just, it's ridiculous. Okay. This is worse. The okay. border situation is worse than Jerry Maguire. Why do you hate that movie? Renee Zellweger has a bitter beer face. Because it's stupid. Get that. Because it's stupid. Why? Because cause he says, uh, show me the Quan? No, it just, like, that scene goes on for about 15 minutes, I by know. the way. And yeah. it's stupid, and they're both standing there on the phone. Show me the, I don't understand what's funny about it. Was, was that it? funny? Are you like, uh, Danielle doesn't think Tom Cruise is all that good. Are you like that no, too? No, it's not, that's not it at all. Nope. Okay. No. You just was, didn't like the movie. He was good, you know, uh, The Firm. It was a great movie. What about uh, when he played uh, Dustin Hoffman's brother in Rain Man? Awesome movie. Right. Great movie. Cocktail. Uh, I, eh. like yeah, I like that. You yeah, like it's that. all right. Yeah. The, what was the movie? Far and Away. Awful. That was Nicole Kidman, right? Yeah, that was right. awful. A Few that Good Men? A... He wasn't this. Uh, uh, excellent movie. Excellent One movie. of the best movies I've ever seen. He was in that? Yes. yes I, Mission not, Impossible? Do you like those? I, I don't watch those All right, things. fair enough. Okay, great. No. Let's see. A song that I... Let's see. Can't I know what you hate. You hate Wham. You hate Wham. No, I love Wham. You do? Yeah, sure. You like What's Wake that? Me Up Before We Go-Go? Why not? So do I. I love that song. Well, what do you hate? You hate I some just... of the songs I play. No, no, no. I don't. Yes, you I, do. I'm shocked by some of the songs no, you, you play. No, there was really one song you got so mad at me. You're like, oh, oh, it was... It was um, oh, Perfect Circle. Oh, R.E.M., you hate that song. No, wait, compared to like the... 150,000 oh, no. other songs they have. No, that's their best song. But the no, one you the... really complained about was the Chicago song I played. Oh, God. Oh, it's... come on. Yeah, because you, you, you're you in the Peter Satiri years. That's why. <laughs> you hate it's that. Such the, you're my inspiration. Right, that type I want to jump out the window. Yeah, that one. That's yeah. right. That's... There's, there's a couple yeah. by good bands. That well, I... worse than all of this in this conversation is the border. It's worse. And uh, DeSantis goes on to call these people out. Yes, it was the Florida Governor Ron DeSantis who sent these illegals, not asylum seekers, not God-fearing people, they may be, illegals to Martha's Vineyard, which makes him a hero. (laughs) I mean, what's his name hangs out there? You know, there was a big fight at Martha's Vineyard one summer between Larry David and Alan Dershowitz. At the like the local general store, Larry David just started yelling. <laughs> it sounds like an episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> are, you, still... <laughs> are you gonna pay for all that? Oh, is that? No, it was I over Trump. Just... It was oh, over boy, Trump. Of course. David went nuts, and uh, I wish I was there to see that. To be honest, and uh, I wish I was there to see Larry David's reaction. He's very funny. He's great, but his reaction when these illegals showed up at his next door to his fancy house in Martha's Vineyard. I imagine he wouldn't be so busy yelling at Alan Dershowitz. Maybe he would yell at Joe Biden like Ron DeSantis does. This is Ron DeSantis, number one. People visiting here, we're the number one state for foreign tourism by far in 2021 for all U.S. tourism. But even people across the border, there's a lot that say they want to come to Florida. So our message is, you know, we're not a sanctuary state. Uh, We don't have benefits or, or any of that. There are some sanctuary jurisdictions, and that would be better. Now, what would be the best is for Biden to do his damn job and secure the border. Ah, come on. Come on. Now he goes on to talk about great job there, Ronnie. Uh, We're not that close, but call me. Now he goes on to talk about what hypocrites the Democrats are in Governor Ron DeSantis' cut number two, Lewis. Biden would fly people in the middle of the night, dump them all across this country. There was no warning on any of this. 
And all those people in D.C. and New York were beating their chests when Trump was president, saying they were so proud to be sanctuary jurisdictions, saying how bad it was to have a secure border. The minute even a small fraction of what those border towns deal with every day is brought to their front door, they all of a sudden go berserk and they're so upset that this is happening and it just shows you you know their virtue signaling is a fraud he called them a fraud yes he did one more from uh, ron DeSantis, talking about new york and we, we don't know about this rob bastarino miranda divine secret late night flights into stewart airport much more into westchester airport we've known about this so, yes, he's right. They are frauds. He's right. Florida is not a sanctuary state. They want to go there. No, thank you. And here he goes on to talk about how Biden knew that Donald Trump stuff worked. It didn't matter. He still went against it, knowing that Trump stuff worked. Governor Ron DeSantis, Louis, cut number three. They are supporting policies that are just, frankly, indefensible. It is not defensible for a superpower to not have any control over the territory of its country, over the borders of its country. And he inherited a situation where you didn't have this happening. And yes, we needed to build the wall. There was more that we needed to do. He reversed the Trump policies, knowing what would end up happening. And you know, one of the reasons why we want to transport because we obviously it's expensive if people are coming here you got to it taxes social services and all these other things and so if we can do in a sanctuary well then the chance that they come to florida goes down dramatically but it is also the case that you know every community in america should be sharing in the burdens it shouldn't all fall on a handful of red states and so they're now doing it now they have to decide okay this is a policy you've supported to have an open border You don't like it as much when you get just a small, small, small amount compared to what these folks have dealt with in in Texas and in other states. Which is the case right here in New York with Eric Adams. So not only expensive, Ron DeSantis, but deadly, deadly as fentanyl deaths continue to pile up in this country. At enormous rates every day. I am not being overdramatic. I don't do stuff like that. Stupid. This is a serious topic. People are dying in this country. Yes, they're taking jobs. Yes, it becomes expensive. All these things. Criminals on the street. People are dying from fentanyl overdoses every day in this country. And that comes across the border every day. Sure, most of these folks are fine people. And my heart goes out to them. And I know how this country was originally built. But we're done. We don't have money. We don't have resources. And we certainly, certainly don't have the stomach to go to a 25-year-old funeral every week because of fentanyl. So I don't really give a rat's ass how your grandmother got here, how your grandfather got here, all the beautiful talk. I get it. The man that signs my checks every two weeks is the epitome of a great success story. An immigrant that made it huge, huge John Katzmatidis. I get it. We're not there right now. We're not there right now. And people are dying. I got no patience for that. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? 
Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Well, it is indeed time for the Peerless Boilers Beat Bernie Contest, sponsored by Peerless Boilers, Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, they are America's best built boilers. Another special Beat Sid edition of the game today. And our lovely contestant is out in the Bronx, Mia. She's a housewife. How's it going, Mia? Everything's going well. Good morning. Love you guys. Oh, well, we love you, too. And isn't that great when everybody just loves one another? Justin, it please. <laughs> Justin, just shut up already. Just start the game. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, we yeah. love you guys, too. We so, don't know everybody. Well, listen. Uh, it's a nice thing to say. Though. So, Mia, how is uh, business as a housewife? Oh, no complaints. Oh, how about that? All right. Very good. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, if I had any, you would wonder, right? What's that? If I had any complaints, you would wonder. Would I, I would. I, I would. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I would probably blame your husband, honestly, in that regard. So uh, <laughs> let's keep that one quiet. <laughs> hey, now. Oh, my God. I'm starting things. I, I think the game should start. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> All right, Mia, you think you're ready to go? Listen, win, lose, I don't care. I'm going to talk to Sid. I'm talking to you guys. Having fun. Let's go. All right. The Mets feel the same way. Let's go. Number one, who is the only, <laughs> who is the only former U.S. president who had a tattoo? Is it A, Bill Clinton, B, Theodore Roosevelt, or C, Ronald Reagan? Oh, ah, uh, Reagan? Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you be Jesus. Oh, come on. I was going to say Clinton is the first one. I'm like... Well, both of those would have been wrong. It was Theodore Roosevelt, so... Get out! I swear to God! Oh, my God! Yeah. Shut up! I would never thought... Oh, I have tattoos, too, but that's another story. Go oh, ahead. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Maybe you'll be president. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, a, you never know. You check that box. All right, Oprah won, Mia. Here we go. On to number two. Worse than it is now. That's true. <laughs> number two. What is the only piece in chess that has more than two pieces of its kind on the board? Is it A, a knight, B, a pawn, or C, a rook? What is a piece in chess that has, in, in, in chess, it makes me so nervous, in chess, that has more... Repeat the question. Oh, my God. I'm so okay, nice. that's fine. What is the only piece in chess that has more than two pieces of its kind on the board? Is it A, a knight, B, pawn, or C, rook? Pawn. Very good, man. Yay. Yeah. She's, she was... Uh, the Queen's Gambit was based on Mia. All right, one for two, Mia. Here we go. On to number three. I knew that one. Yeah. What jump style was brought to the world's attention in the 1968 Summer Olympics that is commonly used in the high jump today? Is it A, the Fosbury Flop, B, the Le Mans Leap, or C, the Silverman Spring? Oh, um, C. B. Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax, you Jesus. Oh, I think it might be sounded like a B. It could have been a B. Yeah, I would have guessed on that one, too. The correct answer is A, the Fosbury Flop. Interesting name. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, see, look, I'm learning things. Go uh, ahead. How about that? One for three, Mia. On to number four. Here we go. What 1980s <laughs> video game series is credited as the best-selling series of all time? Is it A, Pac-Man, B, Super Mario Bros., or C, Tetris? Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Ooh. Wrong, you two like a oh, oh. C would be the correct answer. Tetris. You gotta come. I used to play that too. Back uh, we all day. used to play it back on our flip phones. Mm-hmm. But guess, guess what? Who knew that? I never. Oh, no, wouldn't know that. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well. Hey, at least you're bringing the energy. All right. One for four. Uh, 
Uh, number five. Here we go. Let's wrap it up, Mia, with a correct answer. In 1998, who was the last rookie to make an NBA All-NBA team? Is it A, Tim Duncan, B, Jason Kidd, or C, Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bryant? Oh. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. Oh, 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 my goodness gracious. Mia, watch the Mia, mouth hole. Mia, it's oh Friday. Come on. Wait till Friday night. Yeah, my goodness gracious. <laughs> uh, the correct answer, uh, which I can't say now because Sid is back in the studio. You'll learn it in just a couple of minutes, okay? So um, okay. we'll pop Mia on oh, hold here. Oh, yep, that, yep, that's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry. Everybody does their best, okay? Sid's probably going to... Half-assed anyways, like he usually does. <laughs> Look, he's not even listening to me. He's like, he's like clicking away. He's playing Tetris. Yeah, on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I did, hello. What is it? Do you want to do this or not? Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, we have to. Okay, then I'll do it. All right. You need two correct answers to win the game. Mia is a very nice I don't out. like this guy, Fetterman. There's something about him. I don't like him. I don't know what it is. Uh, could it be like the growth growing out of the back of his neck? Maybe he wants to because he wants to defund the police and he's, yeah, uh, yeah all that stuff. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, I don't like him either, so it makes two of us. Uh, you need two correct to win today's game. Do you think you are prepared for this? No. Okay. Here and we go. do. Yeah, and do. Number one, who is the only pro- former U.S. president who had a tattoo? Is it A, Bill Clinton, B, Theodore Roosevelt or C. Ronald Reagan? Really? A tattoo? How about that? Clinton, Reagan, or Jefferson? It's got to be Clinton, right? Wrong, you two like Who was it? Reagan? Teddy Roosevelt. Jefferson wasn't one of the choices either. Yeah. Oh, Teddy? Oh, you're just making things up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. What did Teddy have a, uh, What was the tattoo of? I have no idea. That's it was cool. like a like right above his ass, like an ass, like you know. The, I think it was uh, on his hand. It was like it was a gunpowder tattoo. That's pretty oh. badass. All right, thank you for that. All right, zero for one. Who no. wrote this game? Philip. It's already stupid. Uh, thank, thank you. you. I, I worked very hard on it. <laughs> Let's go. Number two. He he made all the questions multiple choice today because he's lazy. Yeah. No, two. it was a special edition because it's Friday. Right. It's a, it's a multiple you choice moron. Friday. Yeah. Because yeah. Phil has a multiple choice of what female. Wants to be with him over the weekend oh, in was... Hamburg, New Jersey. Well done. That was, uh, all right. Wow. What? I wonder how it is. <laughs> what is this? What is this? this? Feel about that. Well done, yeah. <laughs> Sid didn't even know what he was going to uh, say. Yeah. Yeah. Sentence started and did not know where it was going to end. <laughs> My goodness gracious. <laughs> it's multiple choice because uh, uh, Let's go. Uh, 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 o for one. Yeah. On to number two. What is the only piece of chess that has more than two pieces of its kind on the board? Is it A, night? Porn. Oh. What, what are the only two pieces that only come once? Well, I'm going to change that, maybe. I know the king comes once. <laughs> yeah, and the that. queen. Right. Got to pivot and shift. Yeah. And the queen. Oh, the queen's dead. Let's go. Number three. Uh, the queen doesn't come at all. Oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> One for two. Number three. What jump style was brought to the world's attention in the 1968 Summer Olympics? What? What? What jump style in jump high jump? Style. In high jump, right, was brought to the world's attention in the 1968 Summer Olympics that is commonly used in the high jump today. Is it A. the Fosbury flop, B. the Le Mans leap, or C. the Silverman spring? Good luck. Mm. How about D. Blow me. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that is actually B. It. The answer is B. Uh, the uh, Fosbury spoon. 
wants. He said B, and which is the wrong answer. Oh, okay. The correct answer was A, the Fosbury flop. Well, I got the Fosbury. Yeah, but you said the wrong letter. It's Fosbury spoon oh, well. too. So either either <laughs> spoons involved. In either you're not listening to the questions, or you just don't care. And uh, either way, you got the answer wrong. It was done by Jefferson, I think. Yeah, one for three. You literally just need to get two answers right to win the game. Do you literally, think you can do that? Literally. That's all you have to do. Basically, you have to pay attention. I mean, Mia, Mia, first yeah, <laughs> Mia's a very nice lady, but I mean, come on. Here we go. All right, number four. What 1980s video game series is credited as the best-selling series of all time? A, Pac-Man. B, Super Mario Bros. C, Tetris. The greatest, uh, what is that? What 1980s <laughs> video game is credited as the best-selling series of all time? A, Pac-Man. B, Super Mario Bros. C, Tetris. Uh, I, I gotta go with Mario Brothers. Okay. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. Yeah. Tetris? Well, you absolutely had to go with the wrong answer, yeah. Uh, yeah. C, Tetris would be the correct answer. Yeah, well, I should have had that one, but I just don't yeah. care. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I can, I can yeah. very clearly see that. And I don't that. play. Yeah. Uh, my son, Gabriel, who's an angel. God, I love him. He plays a lot of these games. I never really did that. I, I watched porn when I was a kid. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, oh, thanks. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's the next question coming yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and number five. For the win. In 1998, who was the last rookie to make an NBA all-NBA team? A, Tim Duncan. B, Jason Kidd. C, Kobe Bryant. Tim Duncan. Bang. All right. By the skin of your teeth, by the hair of your, uh, what now? You have won today's by, game. By your Fosbury. Who did I beat? You beat Mia. She's a nice housewife out in the Bronx. Oh, the real housewives of the Bronx. Uh, hello, Mia. How are you, sweetheart? Good. How are you? I love you. I love listening to you guys every morning. Thank and you. And what? I, and I told them from the get-go. I don't care if I win or lose. I was just happy to beat Lallan and beat Sid. Play beat Sid. Well, let me say this. Uh, I I don't care if I win or lose either, but I really enjoy it when people come on who are enthusiastic about this show, and you are beyond adorable, so thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, really. I just have to, because they said I can. I want to wish my daughter a 26th happy birthday today that I can't... What is her name? What's her name? Her name is Pamela. All right. Hold on a second, Mia. Uh, Phil, sing happy birthday to Pamela. Damn it. What are you waiting for? Yeah, go ahead. He's go ahead. looking at his phone. Yeah, Come look on. at your phone. Let's go. On, I'm getting my things. Hurry up. Let's go. Getting, getting my... What are you here for? Hurry up, Pamela. One, One two, two, three. three. Go. go. I forget the words to it. Happy birthday. I'll do it. Thank you, Mia. Happy Jeez. birthday to uh, Pamela. <laughs> And uh, that was very well done, Phil. And a quick shout-out to uh, the King of Williamsburg in his car right now. You really are something else. You know that? Joe Nunziata and his daughter, Tony, on their way to Atlantic Beach. Folks, we'll take a short break. We'll come back and wrap things up on the Bernie and Sid Show. Happy birthday, Pamela, right after this. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. (laughs) Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Bon Jovi, home for you. We are done for the week, folks. It was a miraculous, fantastic, beautiful week. I want to thank uh, Lou Rafino, who was just amazing. 
and uh, continues to show why for the better part of three decades, he's a Hall of Fame radio guy. So thank you, Lou. Macedonia, Phil, just terrific. Justin Ellick, great job. Frankie Diaz with an E, the best news lady in the business. we got two of them here, Deb Valentine and Jacqueline Carl. And uh, I'm done. I want to ask you all to continue to pray for my partner, Bernard. I don't want to be back next week or not. I don't know. But uh, if he is, great. And if he's not, we will still put on the best show in New York City. So pray for my friend, Bernie. Friend first, more than partner, my friend, Bernie. Folks, enjoy your weekend. I'll talk to you again 6 a.m. on Monday morning. Check me out at Newsmax, 2.30 this afternoon. And with Brian Kilmeade on Fox News, 8 o'clock tomorrow night. More updates, check my Instagram at Rosenberg.Sydney. Until Monday at 6, everybody, from all of us to all of you, peace. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.